This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. Welcome back to the latest episode, and hopefully, by the time it's all said and done, the greatest episode of Who's Next. I'm Andy Atherton, one of your co-hosts. It's been a bit uh, summertime and uh, some personal life things happen, get in the way of, of doing this uh, fun uh, hobby, if you will, uh, passion of those of us who do the cast of pods, if you will. Um, but we're back talking about our favorite brand and who is our, not just me, it is the Mississippi Mud Pie, Logan Crosland. Logan, I missed you. It's been uh, a bit and I'm so glad to be back here talking NXT with you, my friend. It has been far too long, and we uh, have quite the uh, quite the virtue ahead of us uh, to get through these. But uh, we will do it, and we will do it for your listening pleasure, and we'll hopefully make it as entertaining as we possibly can. So, <laughs> well, that, that. Uh, we hope so. I, I yeah. hope. Try. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's it's yeah. It, a lot has happened. Um, we we do try to get these on a regular basis, but sometimes you know stuff happens, and a lot happened though this summer on NXT, which is basically what we're going to cover today. We're going all the way back to July 18th, and we're going all the way up to the latest episode on September 19th. Some things we're going to you know, kind of go through, just mention a little bit, and other things we're going to dive deeper into the things that are more, you know, the bigger angles, the bigger uh, occurrences, the angles, the, the matches, the results, the changes, the what have you, because, you know, by the time we get to the end of the show, uh, man, wow, the last episode or so, really was pretty great and it's because uh you know of one person you know making their return to the nxt brand and y'all if y'all listening you all know by now but we'll get there we'll get there okay we gotta walk before we can run (laughs) going all the way back to july 18th and we get you know carmelo hayes blaming Ila dragon off by costing him and trick the main event the week before the star made it clear that he was doing what he needed to do in order to finally fight for the NXT Championship. They start with an, uh, the segment ends with them eye to eye. So then we we our first match of that night was Los Lotharios versus Nathan Frazier and Dragon Lee, who were accompanied by Valentina Faraz and Ulisa Leon. After Los Lotharios got too focused on flirting with the ladies at ringside, Nathan Frazier took them out with a drop kick and an outside dive. He sent Umberto back to the ring to take a tilt-a-whirl win for a DDT to win. After the match, Garza yelled at Umberto until he got pushed to the floor. Umberto walked down his partner through the crowd. So Los Lotharios, uh, they were free agents, I guess, in the draft. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 peop- they're a team that needed to go to NXT because they were kind of lost in the main roster. Those are the kind of guys at the moment who people are like, oh, they're not on TV. But they're, these are the guys that take the losses on the house shows, right? There's, there's a purpose mm-hmm. To why they're there. They're both very talented, um, but they really didn't get any traction on the main roster. They were starting to get something as a tag team, but we're going to talk about them a bit tonight on on, on on our episode of this pod. So what are your thoughts on Los Lotharios and their return to NXT? Like uh, Yeah, kind of like you said, they could only benefit from coming down to NXT. They could be a little bit more featured. They're both incredible wrestlers if if you've watched any of their singles stuff. I don't think they really get to feature that as a tag team because I just don't think they use them on SmackDown or Raw. 
uh, as often as maybe their talent deserves. But this match was really good. Uh, these are four guys that are really, really good wrestlers. So uh, you you weren't going to get a bad match out of these guys. They're just they're just that good. So, um, yeah, the Los Lotharios, um, yeah, they, they they're they had a little bit of friction because of uh, the flirting seems to not really be working for them. It's not really getting them wins and not uh, really paying off anything uh, with that whole that scenario or whatever. But um, yeah, the, it's good to see that they're here in NXT. They can shine, but it's also good that they're going in kind of a different direction. Uh, as we'll talk about going forward with them and their vignettes that they have the following weeks. And yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I, I thought Angel Garza was great when he was in NXT last time. I thought he was maybe brought up to the main roster a little prematurely. Mm-hmm. And Humberto, kind of, I was getting like, not not to not this not to this extent, but kind of like Yoshitatsu vibes. Like guy is good in the ring, but what's his character? What's his personality? Mm-hmm. We weren't really getting that. And then finally, you know, they cut his hair. He you know kind of turns heel and teams up. But yeah, they're, they 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 need to get into the thick of things down there. Cause I think there are some teams probably that are going to be leaving soon NXT. So they could probably slot in there to be that, you know, it's it, as we talk about them, it seems like probably more faces actually. Um, it, it, if, if I'm reading into the, uh, to what, where the storyline is going, but yeah, they're going to be there. It, it can only do help them and help, you know, the product to see them on there. And then Frazier and Lee, great, great wrestlers. They, they both go in a, in their own directions, uh, soon there after this match. Yeah. And then for us and, and Leon, you know, they, they're starting to show up because Leon is back from her injury. So hopefully they, they, uh, we see a little, a little bit more from them. I do know that they were on a, um, I don't know if it was around this time or not. They were on SmackDown. And I believe they got squashed mm. by, uh, I think it was like Alba and Eli, I think. Right. Yes, that was that was Alba and Ela's like first match. I think yeah. that was I think I think that happened during our last episode, but okay. uh, I'm not 100 percent. But I think it happened like the week, maybe two weeks, like the two weeks before we're recording. Tonight, okay, I guess is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so it was a bit ago, but it's good to see them back. All right, so we got uh, a match: Gigi Dolan versus Kiana James. Kiana goes over with um, her 401k move on the bag after it was brought into the ring. This match was kind of, yeah, uh, you know, Gigi is kind of in, in the mix, but not sure where she's going. But Kiana looks like she's on the upswing, kind of making some changes. We're going to see to her a little bit more, I guess, serious or focused. Uh, her gear is changing. Her finisher is changing. What do you, uh, what do you think uh, of uh, this uh, short little match? Yeah, it was it was exactly that. It was short. Um, it could only be so good for as short as it was, but it was kind of sloppy. Um, we kind of talked about it pre-show, but Gigi's one of those that I think deep down she's she's pretty good, but she is real you know up and down. I feel like she has like the cage match with JC that I think we talked about on our last episode that was really good, um, and but she has matches like this where it's just like man she's just in absolute slow motion and it just looks like she doesn't know what she's doing um and and Keanu, i don't think her and kiana were good like base for each each other so it just kind of ended up being not very good but also it wasn't given a ton of time so they didn't really have a ton of time to work with so not their yeah. best performance but uh they weren't given a ton of time either yeah they kind of uh lack in the in-ring chemistry uh phase mm. these two and that, that happens yeah all right 
So now we got uh, Axiom and Scripps versus the new team of Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. After a few minutes into the match, Scripps ends up blasting Axiom with a right hand. Watches as Nima and Price picked up the pieces. They win by hitting a corner clothesline, fo- followed by an Irish whip into a big boot. So, you know, Axiom and Script have been, you know, tagging for a bit. And then, it, you know, they it kind of seemed kind of quick for this turn. But I think, uh, as, as again, as we go through the next, uh, you know, few uh, weeks or so, We'll start to learn of this partnership and kind of like what the the point is of this. But what do you think of these guys? Uh, they're kind of green, a little bit raw in the ring. They definitely need uh, maybe to have a third person with them, whether it's a, a manager or a uh, hype man, or, or like, uh, hype man like, you know, like a um, – uh, what's it called? It what the the little little guy uh, was with the AOP like like that like a guy that oh, he yeah, could be yeah, yeah. yeah he could be their manager and he could but he could also get in the ring he could also you know he could also move uh, to the point but well, yeah, what are your thoughts on on these guys? Yeah, they're they're big uh, bruisers um, that they're gonna have a bunch of power matchups which I feel like the, all the new teams we've gotten lately have all been like big bruiser kind of guys. We don't have any like real. I mean, I guess Los Lotharios are smaller, kind of high flyers, but uh, we've gotten Tank and Hank. We've got these guys. Um, Briggs and Jensen just got back together, so a um, lot, lot, lot of brute force uh, in this tag team division for sure. But um, yeah, like you said, they're green, they're raw, but um, I think they'll come around. I, like you said, I think they kind of need a heater. I guess is the word maybe you're looking for. Drake Maverick was the guy that with the. Yeah, a- that's a- right. A- I don't. I couldn't remember um, all of his names. <laughs> Yeah, but he could maybe talk for him a little, little bit. He can talk probably a little better than both of these guys, um, and he can be involved in six mans every now and then uh, if they need him to. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. But, um, yeah, very green, uh, but also very powerful and uh, <laughs> very strong and can chuck people around. So Yeah, we'll very see. athletic. Shade, shade, shades of AOP, actually, I think. Like very kind of in that same mold, I mm-hmm. think. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so then we get – uh, the D'Angelo family uh, celebrating, uh, you know, in the ring with their family. We got Gallus coming out. Brawl starts with the family, ended up on top with their NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, and then we move on to Thea versus Electra Lopez. Electra Lopez dominating the match, but Thea reverse it right into the Camaro lock to force tap out. After the match, uh, Thea calls out Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany walked out and accepted a rematch. Thea wanted to make a submission match, and she trapped the champion in a camera until she accepted. So, uh, you know, the the whole Gallus and, and uh, the family stuff that was, that was some some really good stuff. I, I enjoyed that because uh, you know they're they you know kind of like turf war, kind of like you have the Italians and, and the, the Scots Irish or whatever. First, and then we uh, move on to uh, Thea continuing that storyline of hers with with uh, working with um, you know. Uh, uh, Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey learning the submission stuff, but Thea, the, we're in for uh, a ride with Thea. It seems like coming up. But uh, what do you what do you think in here with uh, with Thea and Electra? And this it was a short match. I mean, you know, Electra and Lola are starting to get featured more, which is good. Um, but yeah, Thea, we're gonna, we're going to be talking about her a bit. Yeah, it was more of a setup for the angle with 
Tiffany. I'd, I'd say mm-hmm. it was more to get the over and the submission over, uh, as she was going to ask for a submission match after that. Um, I thought that little angle after the match was pretty good. And, uh, you know, welcoming back Tony D. It was good to see him back on TV. I'm assuming he had an injury that he was, you know, while he was in prison. I think that's kind of why they took him out for a little bit. I assume he had some kind of injury that he was healing up. But it was very good to see him back. I thought that was uh, very well done, that whole segment with the, with the family and everything. Um, and they are they are from Scotland. Uh, Callum McDougall would be very offended that you thought they may be Irish. No, so. I knew that. I knew the coffee. <laughs> so they're all they're all Scottish. I I, I thought I, just, I knew the coffees were Scottish. I, I I guess Wolfgang. Yeah. So I apologize, Cal. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> Not they were to mix. Okay. How many? Geez, how, you could have one hell of a Scottish faction in WWE, couldn't you? These days. Hmm. I mean, yeah. there's at least what four, five women with Scottish women. White. Right? You have a uh, Isla Il, uh, Alba, um, Piper. Uh, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki Cross. Um, I think that, and then all the guys between, like you know, Drew and 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 Gallus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. So, yep, could be quite the faction if they ever did that. The Hot Scots, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the Tartan, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Eddie or or Callum McDougal's wet dream. I don't know everyone. Yeah, all right, so uh, Eddie Thorpe versus Oral Mansah. With the help of Lash Legend, Jahar Jackson, Noam Dar, and Dijak, Oro Mensah pulled off a huge upset over Eddie Thorpe with a running spinning heel kick in the corner. It was kind of a little shocking after Thorpe's impressive win in NXT Underground. However, he was heavily protected. Dijak versus Thorpe is a smart feud for both men that will get the Alpha Wolf right back on track. Uh, you know, Oro Mensah is a guy that, you know, he's he's going to get better. He needed a personality, I think, and, and the metaphor is really going to start coming into their own as, as a, a faction. And, you know, Eddie Thorpe's a guy that, you know, he's got a good look. His character is, is okay, but you know, he's going to develop more. Uh, and, and he's going to step into a pretty big feud with Dijak coming up. Uh, any, any thoughts on this match? Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good back and forth. Um, obviously Dijak leads to Oro getting the, uh, the win here. Um, but yeah, the metaphor group uh, gets a lot of feature uh, as we go forward on this episode, um, and so does Eddie with uh, the Dijak feud. So um, interesting to see, and we'll talk about where these two, these two, three, four, however many people uh, go go as as we talk on. <laughs> All right. So then we go to uh, Roxanne Perez walking out on a joint interview with Blair Davenport. Blair tells Roxanne, "No, she's not ready to compete in the new NXT." Prodigy responded by promising to bring a rage that she has never shown before. Davenport continues to mock Perez until the Prodigy walked out on the interview. We had an NXT Anonymous catching Booker T motivating Roxanne earlier in the day. We also get Dana Jordan, I mean Dana Jordan, Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan doing some expressive, impressive gymnastics exercises together. And we move on to our, our main event for the night, which is our North American champion, Wesley, defending against Dirty Dom. With Rhea at ringside, Rhea was the deciding player in this match, bashing Wesley with the Women's World Championship, while Finn and Damian Priest played distraction. Dominic covered him to win the NXT North American Championship. Uh, this was, I that I I had a feeling that this was going to happen because I mm-hmm. didn't see Dom winning a singles title on the main roster yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lee had a great reign, broke pretty much every record for a North American champion, but. 
he was certainly he was protected in the loss because it basically took like the whole judgment day to to beat him um you know and then mustafa ali was uh you know in talking about the great american bash how will the title change uh for the ple many questions left unanswered following a genuinely surprising result so uh what do you think of uh of of the uh first of all we got the roxanne player downport thing and then we get the nxt uh new north american champion and dirty dom yeah, the the back and forth with uh, Roxanne and Blair was pretty good. I think the uh, interaction they have, uh, I think the next week uh, is a little bit better. We'll talk about that when we talk about next week's episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, Wes isn't going to put on a bad match with anybody. It, this is probably one of his less strong outings, I guess, just because Dominic is Dominic, you know. Um, but it was still a really good match. Um, obviously, Judgment Day is super over right now. Um they're you know they're just killing it every week anything they do uh so you want to put them on as many brands as you can and um obviously that that's even more the case when uh finn and damian win the tag titles on on the main roster uh, a little bit further down from this but um yeah they, they're just trying to get them on every program right now just because they're doing so much good stuff so um but yeah i had a feeling dominic would win here too it just another way to get them a ton of heat so um, and you know he's a good smarmy little prick, uh, and he has yes. uh, a, a very good uh, mommy and uh, in his corner uh, that can always help him uh, help him out a little bit. So um, I think he's in for a pretty good heel reign uh, going forward. Yeah, we also had a little part where Rhea Ripley called out Lyra Valkyria backstage, telling her to make a statement at the expense of J.C. Jane. And all earlier, also we had uh, Mustafa Ali questioning. Um, Wesley giving Dominic a title match. So a little more drama in the backstage areas. And we move on to our next show, which is from July 25th. And we have opening up, uh, we have Wesley and Mustafa Ali coming to blows after confronting Dom Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Wesley interrupted Dirty Dom and Rhea challenging him to a uh, match on Tuesday night. Angry Mustafa Ali uh, arrived as well. A brawl broke out between the two of them with Dom and Rhea Ripley walking out smiling. Uh, we got a lot of booing, whether it was piped in or not, it's another story. Uh, Rhea responded to the cut your mullet chance by making it clear that he would never cut his hair. Um, Lyra Valkyria also explained in an interview that she wanted to see where she stands in the women's division by fighting Rhea Ripley. It was later announced that uh, Dom would defend against both Ali and Lee at the Great American Bash. Dirty Dom did not seem confident in his chances. So, Continuing on from from last week, we uh, you know we're setting up for what will pr- prove to be a really good uh, three way match for the NXT North American title. What are you, what are you thinking of uh, of Ali and and uh, Wesley and Dom in this uh, little triangle here that we have going on? Yeah, I mean Ali was. I, I think they had already announced the match for Great American Bash that him and Wesley were going to face each other, and then uh, you know Wes kind of gave. Um, Dom, Dom that shot uh, the, the previous week so uh, it kind of ruined Ali's plans when Dominic won the title because Ali was supposed to be the person that took the title from uh, Wesley and into the rain so uh, good little good little uh, fuel to that fire for that feud um, and the three way that you mentioned that was going to happen at Great American Bash so um, good little segment I think Mommy kind of talked uh, <laughs> Dirty Dom in, into the three way but uh well, that sounded inappropriate, but um, <laughs> anyways, um, but yeah, I, I think I think it was 
going to be a good match, uh, but it was exciting to hear that it was official after this uh, little segment. Yeah, we got to try to keep it a family show if we can. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, so uh, we move on to a six-man match. We got Carmella Hayes, Trick Williams, and Ela Dragunov versus Schism. We get, uh, you know, Ela and Carmelo obviously not on the same page, but two masked men attacked the dyad at ringside. This left Joe Gacy alone. Melo got a blind tag and hit nothing but net to win. In the match, uh, Trick took incidental contact from Ilya and blamed the challenger for intentionally trying to take him out. Also, in, during this match, we had Melo saving Trick from a double suplex and hitting side-by-side running clotheslines. The Tsar accidentally caught Trick with a running uppercut in the steel steps. Backstage, Trick onto Dragunov's face despite Melo telling him to back off. Melo warned Dragunov that Trick was going to call him out for a fight by the end of the night. The Tsar was not worried, warning Trick that he would be broken. So I this was a fun match. Obviously, um, you know, the schism uh, is is kind of uh, cracking here. Plus, with the uh, whoever these two mysterious members are that uh, takes out the diet. And we get, you know, the the... The enemies having to or or rivals having to work together with the addition of Trick, but I I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, what did you think of it? No, yeah, it was very good. Um, good to see the champion and challenger kind of teaming up with each other. I think they worked pretty well as a team together with uh, Trick as well. Um, and yeah, Schism's kind of cracking. Um, they have uh, they have traitors in there in their uh, midst with the masked uh, strangers that keep attacking them and helping the uh, opposition out. So. Um, they've got they've got some uh, traitors in in their in their midst, uh, but they don't quite know who it is. I, I think most of us saw uh, who it was. Co- uh, when they ever reveal it, it's obviously pretty obvious who it is uh, throughout the throughout the feud. But um, yeah, tr- really good tr- uh, six man here. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get Vaughn Wagner versus Big Body Javi, our old friend. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but cut to cut to uh, this week while we're recording. Big Body Javi got to be doing something right because him and Tam Paxley just got engaged. So uh, I know I know they're both like real listeners to this show. So we'll say congratulations to them. You know, we <laughs> looking for invitations to the engagement party in the mail. I've always um, been a fan, of Big Body Javi. Yeah, well, yeah, we always, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, uh, but no, uh, you know, the guy's a decent worker. He just needs his character. He just needs some character work there. I mean, you enjoy it more than I do. Uh, um, <laughs> But you know he's he, you know he's kind of like a more talented Santino Morello. It's kind of what it is at the moment. But who knows? Uh, you know this was basically a squash with Vaughn making short work of Javi beating him down before hitting the rotating side slam for the victory. Afterwards, uh, Vaughn sends Big Body Javi through the announce table by the will of the NXT universe. The big man could not celebrate though as Braun Breaker speared him onto the floor and smacked him with a steel chair. Big Body Javi apparently had asked for this match due to interaction at a recent NXT house show. Booker T talked up Burnell's aggressive side before he was crushed. After Breaker's sneak attack, the crowd chanted, you still suck at him. <laughs> and and then we get a hype vignette for Tiffany Stratton uh, afterwards. So what do you think of this this squash with Vaughn? And, and we got, uh, you know, Vaughn, we got, we'll be talking about him a bit more too as well as we go through these weeks. Yeah, I mean, he just absolutely destroys Javi here and uh, tables him afterwards. So that was uh, a ton of fun to watch. And then Braun just absolutely wrecks uh, Vaughn with a spear. Uh, his spear is becoming one of my favorites because uh, he just absolutely nails guys with it and just goes right through them. So 
Um, definitely an interesting person to kind of throw Braun in there with. Um, you know, Vaughn hadn't been presented as like a main event kind of guy, or even really a North American uh, kind of kind of the kind of level. So um, interesting to see them throw him in there with like one of the bigger dudes and kind of the, one of the guys that you think is eventually uh, probably going to get called up here pretty soon. So um, definitely an interesting way to go. Yeah, I agree. Then we get uh you know Gable Stevenson's going to choose to make his NXT debut. Uh, he chooses to make his NXT debut at Great American Bash. Wrong. He weighs his options, <laughs> possibly going uh, going after another national championship or a second Olympic gold medal, but yeah. then interrupts. Uh, you know, then we we get you know he Stevenson suplexes the Lone Wolf and challenges him to a match. Uh, yeah, he's. You know, he's coming along in ring, but his promo is is terrible. I'm not looking forward to this, uh, really. I mean, the guy's got a long way to go. He's got a pedigree, you know, walking in. Um, I mean, you know, what what do you think about this one as we were about? Because after we get done with this episode, we will talk about the Great American Bash. Yeah, I'll just put it this way. There's a reason he's been in NXT since, or the PC even, not even really NXT. There's a reason he's been in the PC for almost, uh, or over a year at this point. Um, something, obviously, in clicking, he's not, he's obviously not Kurt Angle, the last Olympic gold medal that was in their midst. Um, he didn't grab onto it quite like uh, he, he did, obviously. Um, his promo is, you know, kind of what you would expect for, from a from a rookie or somebody that may have just come out of the PC. Um, we'll talk about the match uh, at Great American Bash, but um, I don't know how true reports are, but he may not be long for the NXT world. So um, we'll, we'll see, but uh, we'll talk about the match when we get to it. Oh, good God. Help us all. So then we got a kendo stick match, Cora Jade versus Dana Brooke with Kalani Jordan. Dana Brooke made Cora J pay by using a variety of kendo sticks to wipe out her challenger. With some help from Kalani Jordan, she hit a senton bomb onto Jade with kendo sticks and a steel chair beneath her to win. So we get, you know, a couple of notes here that Dana immediately went after Jade and dumped her over the announce table. Jade responded by tripping her onto the table and smacking her with a kendo stick. Cora tried to introduce a steel chair, but Kalani Jordan got involved to help Brooke, handing her weapons to help protect herself. So, and we also get uh, a little bit of um, uh, some footage, uh, some uh, a package on in the private ring. Damon Kent convinced Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey to work with him. And we also get NXT showing footage of Roxanne Blair, uh, Perez and Blair Davenport fighting at a gas station as the prodigy stood tall. So what's going on with Cora Jade? Because we'll, we'll talk about Dana in a second, but Cora Jade, I mean, did she go and get some surgery? You know, that, 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 some. <laughs> Some women get, and that's why she uh, is goes off TV for a bit and, and kind of like walks out at one point. Because um, we don't really see Cora much after this, right? Is uh, we haven't really seen much of her since since this, or is it? Does she come I don't think back? We've seen her at all, honestly. Yeah, didn't she do something where she like she walked out or something like that? Because I, I remember seeing it in the notes, but I do remember something like that happening. Um, she might have. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. But, but. Yeah. I definitely think she got some uh, assets improved uh, while, she, while she was out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, she seems aimless uh, as much of a star as I think she will eventually be. I just, I, I mean, if she if she was going out for an injury and that at the same time or something like that, obviously it's it was needed. Um, 
But yeah, she just I, I feel like every time she comes back it's like they kinda don't know what to do with her. Um I think she's good. I think she will get better, obviously, but um she ever since she turned heel, I feel like they like start to ramp her up and then they kinda pull back and then they start to ramp her up and kinda pull back. So I just don't know if they know what to do with her or uh if she's just really getting hurt as often as it seems like she is. Um, but who knows? Yeah, hopefully she figures it out. Hopefully she doesn't have like the Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea affliction <laughs> at Chelsea. Yeah, she's good. She's got a tremendous upside. I think she's still very young. Uh, she's good in the ring. Um, I, I kind of thought the heel turn was a little premature. You mm. know, I would like to see it. Uh, it was very out of nowhere for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then Dana, I guess, is trying to be uh, Mandy Rose 2.0 with the with the return to uh, NXT to try to like you know revitalize. Her career, because, yeah, she's somebody, too, you know, and this goes back a while. She came up prematurely because she wasn't in NXT for that long. And she, I have not really, uh, there's not much that I, she's athletic. She's good looking. She's had some fun stuff, but there, there has not been a whole lot to write home about her in her, her stint. Right. You know, she was a statistician for primetime players at one point. She does all this, um other stuff and didn't really, you know, do much, but she, uh, you know, um, she needs this. She's another one of those that, that really needs to go down there and, and really improve her game. So yeah, mm. we'll she's see, very, we'll she's, she's definitely very athletic. Um, yeah. S- something about her voice. Just, I, I can't ever get with it <laughs> for some reason. She just, she just annoys me for some reason. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if she'll ever catch on with me, but she's, I mean, they're trying to give her this little bit of a darker side where she kind of loses control and, um, starts just acting a little bit more vicious than usual. So, um, at least they're trying to do something. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. They really, they, they need to, it's smart for them to uh, throw a few veterans in there yep. that were kind of weren't really doing anything on the main roster to kind of help out with the kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it, I think it only helps them. It doesn't take away actually at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion. So then we move on to a tag match. We got the family, Tony D and stacks versus Bronco Nima and Lucian price. We got Nima and price dominating early, including taking cheap shots at stacks to stay in control. Once Tony D got the hot tag, though, he was unstoppable. He sealed the win with the bada boom. And we get Gallus appearing on the Titan Tron and warned that they were still staying on top after the Great American Bash. While the the uh, the new team showed more in their second match, they already lost some credibility. The family ran over them to build momentum for their tag title match. It also looks like Scripps may be working with these two for the long term. Scripps was on commentary for this match. Booker T awkwardly told Vic Joseph repeatedly to call him Reginald. And we get Axiom attacking Scripps and running him off the ring. So this was a, like you said, there's a lot of Haas teams out there. This was a, this was a pretty good match. Tony D is so over right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the in-ring stuff has gotten better. The character has, has been there for a while. Uh, so, you know, they had to stay hot going in. Whether, you know, you want to throw them the new team, I don't think it hurts them that much, actually, to lose to a more established team at this point. Because they're going to be a team that's like, you know, they're they're still young in their in their their teamness, I guess. You know, it's like you see, you know, when when Billy and Chuck got put together at first, I'm sure they lost a lot of matches. But once they really got, you know, their shit together and became the New Age Outlaws, you know, they were 
they were you know a great team. So that that happens when teams first uh, appear or come together. Uh, what do you what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, you know I could see the opinion of it being disconcerting that the new team's already losing, but you know obviously where Tony D and Stacks are going, um, I don't think it hurts them too bad because they're losing to the eventual. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about on the on the next show that we talk about. Um, but yeah, Stacks is one of those that from where he started to where he is now is just he's he's night and day. It's amazing. The mm-hmm. he's got the character down. He's pretty good in ring for for the most part. And yeah, like like you said, Tony D's only gotten better in the ring, and he pretty much had the character down from day one. So um, yeah, solid match. Um, I think it showed how good and powerful that uh, Bronco and Lucian can be. Uh, but obviously the challengers for the tag titles uh, needed to get the win here. Um, and you could say that they could have put a different team in there with them, but it was just a warm up uh, to get to the tag title match. So um, it, you can have the opinion of it being a bad move, but I, I really think it, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it also moved along the whole uh, scripts involvement as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of kind of served a purpose to have them in there, as opposed to like uh, you know Idris and uh, you know and Nofe, uh, where mm-hmm. you know those two, is, uh, you know. But you know, yeah, it was it was a it was a decent match. So so then we get um, a bunch of of like backstage and storyline stuff. We get the metaphor waking up Noam Dar on Supernova Super uh, Super Sessions, whatever they're called. The metaphor presents him with a new Heritage Cup, which uh, awakens him, and he's Scottish, so he could be in that Scottish faction as well. That's true. From his catatonic state, we get Nathan Frazier and Dragon Lee questioning the legitimacy of the cup, and then starting a brawl with the metaphor that also included Ulysses Leon and Valentina Faraz. Then we get Dijak warning Eddie Thorpe not to get too cocky from just big, one big win. We get Chase Yu hyping up Thea Hale for her title match at the Grand American Bash. Then we get Angel Garza and Boto Carrillo arguing in the parking lot after their loss last week. Umento made it clear he was done listening to his teammate. So anything of note in any of these uh, backstage uh, storyline uh, things that I mentioned? How dare you insult the Supernova Sessions? I'm just playing. Uh- <laughs> I'd love to get Alicia Fox back. <laughs> um yeah, I, I don't know if this was a. I don't know if the Supernova Sessions was necessarily the first time we should have uh, Lash Legend uh, and uh, what's the uh, what's the other girl's name, uh, uh, Jakira Jackson. Um, yeah, I, I, th- they did a lot of talking in this, and I don't know that they're necessarily ready to carry a whole segment like this uh, and Oro either, really, for that matter. Um, no, no, I'm definitely needs to be the uh, lead talker on that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was fine. Um, it put them over as a group. It woke up, uh, <laughs> Noam from his catatonic state that he was in in the wheelchair. Uh, I love his gangly hair and his little hat that he had on, um, <laughs> just sitting in his little wheelchair. So he pulled off some comedy stuff there. Um, but yeah, just, just, just an okay segment nothing to write home about. All right. And we get, um, our main event for the night. Well, almost, uh, well, our main event match, we have something else. After we get Rhea Ripley with Dirty Dom versus Lyra Valkyria. Even with Dom helping her, Rhea has a tough time putting away Lyra. Lyra nearly won off a of frog splash, but after a kick out, the Eradicator got serious and took the win with the Riptide. After the win, Ripley refocused Valkyria on making JC Jane pay, defeating her soundly when they fought next. 
when Ripley, uh, you know, she hasn't been, hadn't been wrestling on television as much, but when she does, she delivers. Uh, some notes from the match. Uh, Ripley catches Valkyria with a running with a headbutt, and then she went for a fox bash, but then Valkyria knocked her off the post to the floor. We get Dirty Dom taking the suicide dive to save Mommy, but it didn't stop uh, Lyra from taking down Ripley with a head scissors takedown, followed by a DDT and a frog splash to almost win. So, you know, we knew uh, Lyra wasn't going to win here, but she, you know, look, she was doing great, but she was, we, we have talked about her, her finishing kick, uh, you know, how, what her, her success rate is on it. That has been getting better. I also think, though, she's too small to have the frog splash as her finisher. She she needs to do something else, I think, in my opinion. But I kind of like, you know, she's getting a serious rub. Now that comes, I know that comes out wrong, you know, like, you know, Ew. trying to keep it a family show. But no, but she's getting a serious rub and, and it's going to even go up more as as we go. But yeah, I, I really think that she has gotten even better in the ring. And I think Rhea is Rhea. Rhea is awesome, is great. Uh, as she could have a great match with anybody, it seems like, these days. And this this was, I really enjoyed this match. What do you think of it? Yeah, it, it's good to have these uh, main roster girls come down and have, have some of these, uh, you know, uh, kind of highlight matches for some of these more up-and-comers, the ones that are more featured. Um, and it made Lyra look like she can hang with uh, one of the best champions in the company going, uh, going right now. Uh, Rhea's on top of the world. Um, she's having pretty good matches with pretty much everybody um, dominating uh, on Raw a lot. So um, good to see that one of the NXT girls can kind of hang with her and have a competitive match. Um, only only does a ton for Lyra, makes her seem super over and that she can you know, easily go to the main roster and hang with pretty much anybody up there because she can hang with the champ. Um, but yeah, good, good on Rhea to have a pretty good match here with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it for sure. All right. So in the final segment of the show, we get Trick Williams calling out Eli Dragunov. The SAR answers. No one contender comes out in fancy black attire, wipes out Trick. And after a series of chops, he hits two running low forearms. Carmelo makes the save, taking the torpedo Moscow from for Trick. It was, uh, you know, extremely heated segment uh, that we had involving the NXT Championship this year. The way Dragunov Coley stomped to the ring to lay out Trick after warning to the back was next-level greatness. He looked unstoppable, and NXT, uh, this was smartly booked to never make the make him the outright heel. Melo did not want Trick to take this fight. Dragunov did not want Trick to take this fight. Trick did anyway, and he paid for it. So I thought they really did a great job setting up uh, Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes for Great American Bash, especially with this uh, final segment. What do you think of it? Yeah, it, and it made Trick look uh, like he's a star, uh, being in there with an uh, obvious main eventer and Ilya, um, going back and forth with him. Um, <laughs> the uh, the review I have pulled up mentioned something about, like, you know, some, fight, some fights in WWE – uh, the security immediately comes out and breaks it up. But like for some reason in this one, this was just a fight uh, and no security came out and, and did anything about it. They just let them brawl for like five, five or six minutes, um, obviously. So uh, I think that's pretty funny that that person pointed that out. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it looked made trick look like a badass hanging with him. Um, and obviously uh, Carmelo is a good friend and comes out and tries to save uh, trick, but ends up taking the headbutt. Uh, of his own, so it gives you that last little push uh, to this title match that they have coming up at Great American Bash. All right, 
So then we move on to the Great American Bash that took place on July 25th from the Austin suburb of Cedar Park, Texas. So we're going to run down the matches, give a few thoughts. So we had a, you know, a match, I think on the pre-show, I think this was, was an eight-person mixed tag match. We have Nathan Frazier, Elisa Leon, Valentin Faraz, and Dragon Lee versus the Metaphor. And we had, uh, you know, the non-Metaphor um, winning the match. So uh, any anything to talk about on that one? Uh, I don't remember a ton of it, but um, I, I do think I remember it being pretty. It was a, just a way to kind of excite the crowd. Uh, Dragon Lee and Mason Frazier obviously look really good in it, and uh, um, I, I think I think it was a good little uh, showcase for them as they uh, get the victory. So uh, yeah. pretty good, pretty good performance for the uh, face team. All right, so then we get uh, you know our next match, which is the for the NXT Tag Team Championships. We have the family, Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks. Lorenzo challenging Gallus, Wolfgang, and Mark Coffey, along with Joe Coffey. And in the end, we have new tag team champions. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a hard-hitting match. The The right team went over. Uh, you know, Gallus uh, is is not bad, but, right? But I think yeah. it was time for Tony D to have gold. And, his, and St- like you said, Stax has really come along, you know, from when he first came in when it was him and Two Dimes. Uh, you know, hanging out. Uh, yeah, you thought you kind of thought he was gonna kind of be a little be a loss a little bit yeah. when when they uh, let two dimes go. But you know, he really turned into the second. His character developed, and he really you know did a lot with the whole Tony D you know in prison stuff. So yeah, it was. I really enjoyed this match, and I thought the uh, the right team uh, won the titles. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with with the whole storyline and the. Tony D going to prison and getting stuck in there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, this was the only way that they could do it. They had to win the titles here, or uh, it just wouldn't have seemed right. I agree with you. I think this match was really good. I think everybody did uh, their part. Um, I, I feel like we've been disappointed in Gallus's, uh PLE performances so far. Like not that they're bad, but they just none of their matches hit that next gear for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like this one actually did. So. Uh, the crowd popped huge for the for the title change, so um, I think it was a really really good and really well executed for sure. All right, so next we get a wild weapons match, which is Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport. The opening stages: Perez was making her entrance. Uh, Blair jumps her over the barricade and attacks. She then delivers a uh, you know Roxanne delivers a cross body from the barricade to Davenport. Lots of uh, lots of weapons uh, in this one. A lot of chairs used. Uh, as as Perez was attempting pop rocks, Blair countered it into an Alabama slam. Then she delivered a, a Falcon Arrow to Roxanne on a trash can for a two count. Perez then delivered knee strikes to, into the steps and a diving splash onto a table and a pop rocks onto a pile of chairs for win. This, you know, I think Roxanne going over was the right call here. It was it was kind of a it wasn't a mess, but it was it was it was a lot going on in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these two got into kind of like a blood feud very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it did it did get amped up with the whole parking uh, the brawl at the gas station. But you know, I thought it was for a weapons match. I, I thought it wasn't bad actually. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean the the brawl at the gas station really seemed to bring out a new side of uh, Roxanne. She's tired of 
Blair messing with her and mm-hmm. giving her shit. So she was she was finally going to give it back. Um, and in this match, we saw definitely a different side of her, much more physical, uh, used a bunch of weapons, uh, did a bunch of things that you don't usually see her do. So um, and her <laughs> her sister and mom uh, with their terrible acting were front row for this one. So um, we got to focus on them a little bit too much during this match. Yeah. But, um, I think it was sloppy, but it was like designed sloppy, if that makes sense. Like it was sloppy on purpose just to make it seem like it was. Uh, they were really beating the shit out of each other, which I think they were. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good physical uh, weapons match for sure. All right, next up we have Gable Stevenson facing Baron Corbin. Uh, in the closing stages of the match, uh, Stevenson delivers a German suplex onto the outside, locked in the ankle lock, but Corbin escaped it, threw him into the ring post, and Corbin delivered a fireman's carry driver and a Larry for two count. Stevenson then threw Corbin over the announce table, but Corbin immediately delivered a flying forearm. Both men then threw themselves over the announce table as the referee reached for the count of a 10, forcing a double countout. After the match, Stevenson and Corbin continued fighting with both men attacking WWE security and Stevenson delivering a belly two back suplex to Corbin into the barricade. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, it, you know, look, it's been a while since I've seen this match to be honest. I think the one thing about Corbin is I th- I think they trust him. I think he's one of those guys like, mm-hmm. who's yeah. well liked backstage, even though in the crowd he he just has to happens to be like a heat magnet, yeah. right? Uh, you know they put him in with Gable Stevenson. There was a lot of people they could have put in him, you know Stevenson in with, but they put Corbin in because one Corbin could take the loss. Who cares? The other one is though he's gonna he's gonna protect the guy. Right. Yes, I think he's very safe. Uh, yeah. I think they trust him that he's not going to hurt anybody. So, um, but you keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I was pretty much done. I mean, it was what it was. Neither, you know, kind of ends in a schmoz. Uh, what are What are your thoughts on it? I mean, the match wasn't in ring. wasn't great. Uh, I mean, he hit a couple of suplexes that were pretty impressive. Obviously, they're trying to make him Kurt 2.0, which is probably a mistake from the very beginning, anyways. Um, like you said, Corbin's a guy that's I, th- I think is good enough to kind of be a base for these guys that they're maybe trying to get over that um, you know may may not be as talented, but he he can he can be that heat magnet. He can be the um, he can be that base for them to get all their cool shit in uh, on. Um, but I mean, it, it just was kind of sloppy at spots. And like, if you're going to debut a new character and he's supposed to be a big deal, you and you introduced him at WrestleMania and he's supposed to be this big, big thing, you would have thought you would have given him a win in his first match. Uh, but ending with the double countout just seemed like a real weird uh, way to way to book it and real weird. I mean, considering how the match wasn't all that great leading up to that. Um, definitely made it even worse. So, and the crowd's chanting bullshit and shitting on it the whole time. So, uh, not not a not a great showing here by by either guy. Has there ever been a, like this this result in somebody's debut match? Not that I not that I know. I'm yes. not off the top of my head. I'm sure yes. somewhere down the line, but you know, yeah. I would have been pissed if I what was it the uh, the rumble with Taz and 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 Kurt Angle that was a double countout. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been pissed because I was at that live. Oh, I would have yeah, been, yeah. been pretty mad if there was not a, a definitive win there by I mean, uh, even so, Yeah, even if it's like a smaller guy, if he gets like a, uh, you know, a roll up or something like that, you at least had to have him win. Um, obviously, in this, you got to, I mean, just make Corbin tap. He's not gonna, 
Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, or or have him like like a, even if it's like a fluke win, even if like yeah. you know he does a deep six and he ha- he managed to roll through it or something like that. Something. And, and the brawl was supposed to like make him seem more badass after the match, but it was it was the, they had lost the crowd at that point, so it was yeah. it was pointless. And it's hard to lose an NXT crowd, I gotta tell you. Yeah, <laughs> NXT crowd, NXT PLE crowds are pretty hot usually from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah. Um. So next we have our, our match for the North American NXT North American Championship: Dirty Dom defending against Wesley and Mustafa Ali in the opening stages. Ali and Lee. Delivered simultaneous chops in the corner of Dom. Then we get both Ali and Lee on the top rope. Dominic pushes both men to the outside. Then they both deliver three amigos to Dom at the same time for a two count. Lee then delivers a, a diving meteora to Dominic, but Ali breaks up the pin. As Ali was attempting a 450 splash on the apron to both Lee and Dominic, both men moved out of the way. Dom then delivered a schoolboy pin to Lee for a two count. Lee then delivered a suicide dive to Dominic. As Lee was attempting another suicide dive to Dominic, Ripley stood in front of Lee to prevent him, but Lee immediately delivered a top rope kangiro over Ripley onto Dominic. As Lee was attempting to bring Dominic back in the ring, Ripley stops him and delivers a riptide through the table. Dominic then hit Lee with the Women's World Championship for a two-count. As Dom was attempting the frog splash, Ali delivered a drop kick to him and delivered the 450 splash to Lee, but Ripley pulled Ali out of the ring to stop the pinball offense. Attempt allowing Dom to deliver the frog splash to Lee and retain the title. Yeah, I don't think Dom was going to be a one and done with this mm-hmm. title. I think he's going to hold it for a, a, a bit. Um, no, but I, as usual, the NXT North American Championship is is if is close to if not the match of the night. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Three guys that that can move. Dom has really, you know, talk about you know Stax's journey. Talk about Dom's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Dom's somebody who who for a, the longest time. You know, at least I was thinking like this kid should have been in NXT. Like this kid should not have been on the main roster. But I think he's learned. He's he's gotten better. His character work, his in ring has improved. I mean, his in ring was okay to begin with, actually. You know. Yeah. Considering. He, yeah. Yeah, considering you know his dad Eddie. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, no, it's and and Lee and, and Mustafa. Those are both guys are are super solid in the ring. This this this, you know, there was no way this was going to be a stinker. What what do you think of the match? Yeah, even with just Ali and Wes in there, it was definitely never going to be a stinker. And yeah, like you said, Dom Dom's come a long way. Um, he's still not the best in ring, but you know he 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 makes up for it with getting a ton of heat and being uh, kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to the fans and everybody else. So um, I, I think Ripley played a big part in this match. I think she improved it even more than i mean like you said it's the north american uh title match is usually a match of the night uh when you get to these ple's so um she only added to it um i thought ali and wes's stuff was really good uh i thought the table spot was really awesome with the riptide i thought that was great um and the way the finish happened i thought it was really well done um you know ali seems to have it won um and ripley pulls him out at the last second and uh dom hits that frog splasher wins um, in honor of his father, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, solid match. Uh, probably would have been match of the night um, in on any other PLE, but um, we'll, we'll talk about one later that I think takes that cake for oh, the yeah. night. <laughs> then we have uh, in our penultimate match, we have Tiffany Stratton defending uh, her NXT Women's Championship against Thea Hale, who's accompanied by Andre Chase and Duke Hudson in a submission match. In the opening stages, Stratton locked into Romeo Special. 
but Hale reversed it into a Fujiwara armbar, but Stratton escaped. Stratton then delivered a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and a handspring back elbow. Hale then delivered an avalanche fisherman suplex, but as Hale was attempting the springboard senton, Stratton countered it into a body scissors. Thea then locks in the Kimura lock, but Stratton reaches the ropes. Stratton then threw Hale into the steel steps, delivered a prettiest moonsault ever, locked in a Boston Crab, but Hale refused to tap out. As Thea was attempting to reach the ropes, Stratton dragged her back into the ring and locked in a half Boston Crab to prevent more damage to the back corner man. Andre Chase threw in a towel, forcing the referee to call the match, and thus Stratton retained the title. I Again, another match. I enjoyed it. Did I think it was the greatest match? No, but I thought it told a really good story, um, especially with the uh, the towel getting thrown in to uh, to protect her, which is going to lead to uh, some more uh, you know character work with with Thea. But you know, Tiffany looked great. She's she's got all the star making ability. Her in ring is is there, and yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. It's probably number three match of the night, which is not. Not a slight on at all, actually. You know, even, you know, even that, I mean, between that and then the tag match, I mean, it, we had so, this was a pretty solid show, top to bottom. Yeah, top to um, bottom, it was very yeah, good. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this uh, women's title match? Yeah, I thought it was really good as well. Um, the finish obviously it leads to is leading to maybe a character change for uh, Thea after this, as we'll talk about. But um, I, I remember not loving it when it first happened, especially because Tiffany has like the worst Boston Crab in when it happens. Uh, she barely like has it locked in by the time the towel gets thrown in. Um, she needs to work on her, her uh, Boston Crab after this. Um, but I mean, it, it was late in the match; they had been worn out. I understand you could you could kind of play that uh, play that aspect and maybe she was kind of worn down and she was just stretching her as much as she could. Um, but yeah, I, I remember live not loving the towel throw in, but obviously it's leading to something else. But two, the two girls uh, put on a heck of a match before that, I'd say so. Uh, another right. strong match. Yeah. All right. So in our main event, we got Carmella Hayes with Trick Williams defending the NXT championship against Eli Dragunov. In the opening stages, Hayes delivered a shoulder tackle, a springboard clothesline, and a pump kick for a two-count. Dragunov then delivered an enziguri, a German suplex, and a lariat for a two-count. Dragunov then delivered a jumping kick and a German suplex for another two-count. Ilya delivers a ripcord forearm uh, and a chop for another two-count. Then Hayes immediately delivered a super kick, but Dragunov immediately delivered a lariat for another two-count. Lots of pinfall attempts here by Ilya in this match. Dragunov then locked into Cobra Clutch. But Hayes countered into a pin for a two-count. Dragunov then delivered a roundhouse kick. As Hayes was attempting a leg lariat, Dragunov blocked into an enziguri, but Hayes immediately delivered Mistika. As Dragunov was attempting a chop, Hayes delivered a knee smash, a lariat, and a springboard DDT for a near fall. As Hayes was going to the top rope, Dragunov pushed him down, delivering a diving senton for a two-count. As Ilya was attempting the coast-to-coast, Hayes countered it into a codebreaker. But as Hayes was attempting nothing but net, Dragunov countered it into a powerbomb, delivering a jumping forearm for another two-count. As Dragunov was attempting an avalanche fisherman suplex, Carmelo countered it into a mid-air cutter. As Trick Williams was talking to Hayes on the outside, Dragunov delivered a torpedo Moscato to Williams, allowing Hayes to bring Dragunov back into the ring and deliver nothing but net to retain the title. This was a really, really good match. Uh, you know, uh, our buddy Dave Meltzer actually gave it 4.7 stars for that night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I really enjoyed it. I, Dragunov's one of those guys, like, I think there's nothing real else for him to do here at NXT. I 
I did enjoy him being in this feud with Carmelo, but um, I didn't I didn't think he was winning it. I don't think Melo's losing it, at least to him. I think Melo's going to have it for a little while longer, at least, until maybe he gets uh, you know hot shot into the main roster. That would be the only thing I would think. Like if if Carmelo was going to think it, maybe they uh, they changed plans with him and was going to bring him up to be part of, you know, this new uh, you know faction maybe that that Lashley and the Street Profits are seem to be forming. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I thought this was a really good match. You know, again, another guy who can't have a bad match. Either guy actually. Either guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Carmelo a little bit more so than Ilya. But no, this was a fantastic match. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? No, this is, was outstanding. Um, probably the NXT match of the year to this point. I, I would definitely say for sure. Uh, just really good, really physical. Um, you know, Dragunov took him to the to the breaking point, almost beat him multiple times. Uh, I kind of like that he constantly went for pins because it was showed how desperate he was uh, to win the championship. And uh, they'll kind of play on it going into the next week. But the uh, the he hits the uh, torpedo in Moscow. Uh, and he hits the ti- he quote unquote hits the title, and that's kind of what uh, stuns him for the uh, nothing but net at the end. So uh, they'll play into that in the coming weeks. But um, yeah, trick trick seems to uh, prove to be the difference uh, once again for uh, Mello, even though he's a face now. So, um, but yeah, just really really good stuff. Um, and, and like you said, these two probably couldn't have a bad match if they tried. Um, but yeah, I I don't really know. Uh, where they're going to go with uh, Carmelo. Cause I could see what you said, like, you know, him getting called up to the, you know, the uh, hurt, hurt business part two uh, with the street profits and Lashley. But, um, you know, Dragunov either has to win the belt at some point and he becomes the champion and the standard bearer. And then Melo kind of goes and does his own thing. Or it, one of the other has to happen. Like Ilya has to go up or Carmelo has to go up. So, I mean, uh, they're obviously on a crash course for another match after the controversy that this one ended with. But, um, yeah, something, something's got to give with one of those guys because there's not much either one of them can accomplish, uh, like Ken, like you said, uh, other than continuing to be the champion. Yeah, some people are referred to them as the Almighty Prophets. <laughs> uh, okay, I got you. That's a pretty solid name, so I'll yeah. go with that as well. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Dragunov going up and joining Imperium. Yeah, which yeah, could, yeah. which that, which right. would lead to him and and uh, you know uh, Gunther having a having a feud uh, down the line again, mm-hmm. which would be on this time though on the bigger stage, but yeah, you know that would be we'll awesome. see what we'll see what happens. So we move on to the the follow up show on August first. So starts off with Tony D and Channing Stacks, Lorenzo arriving in a parking lot. They get out of their vehicle. They're immediately attacked by Gallus. Then we move on to our opening match of the night, Lara Valkyria versus JC Jane. Jane gives Valkyria, gave Valkyria a forward spine buster for a two count, followed by a super kick. Then Lara came back with a kick and dove off the top rope with a splash for a pin there. So, you know, we get we start off with our new champions, which are the uh, the only ones we got from the, from the night. Of course, it's a great way to start the show. Then we got follow up with Lyra. You know, beating up uh, JC Jane. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, the opening of this uh, episode? Yeah, it was nice to uh, that damn NXT parking lot. Just a just an absolutely dangerous place to be. Uh, you don't want to pull your car. You got to be. You got to be uh, on your. Uh, you got to keep your eyes peeled for anybody coming towards you in that NXT parking lot. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was good to see that. And um, the library uh, JC match 
kind of stemmed from the previous night they had attacked each other backstage at a, a Great American Bash. So that was something that kind of stemmed from the uh, PLE. But yeah, a solid match. Uh, another a, a way to get Lyra victory after losing uh, the match to Rhea. But a solid match nonetheless. And Lyra looked pretty good in victory. And we were talking about the kick earlier. I don't think I mentioned anything about it, but I don't remember if it was the Rhea match or this match, but one of these matches, she actually hits it pretty snug and like connects with her foot instead of her like uh, thigh. So I think yeah. she's starting to get a little better at it. Uh, I think somebody told her to stop using it because I think she goes back to the splash at some point in, in a future episode. So uh, she just needs to come up with something different. I don't know what uh, she's kind of small, so there's not a ton of stuff that I feel like she could probably do very convincingly, but uh, she needs to figure uh, another finisher out at some point. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, I, I do remember there was like one one match in this in this stretch of shows that she like hits it pretty flush and it looked really damn good. Yeah, I was like, I like sat up, like I'm watching. Like, oh shit! Wow, that was a good one. She hit it. Yes. So we've been, we've been, well, because we've been so critical of her. Yeah, so well, nice it just looks so weak. I mean, yeah, 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 uh, because she's good in like every other aspect of her game. There, it's just her finisher. That's God. It's like it's like you know doesn't leave the best aftertaste in your mouth. It's like eating like a great burger and then like, <laughs> like what, oh, what, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, and the splash just looks like, she just looks like a little kid, like jumping off a high, like a high rise, something like just like a, a high surface or whatever. Like she just looks like a little kid. Just like, yeah. Oh yeah. Also, also <laughs> the way she hits it too. Like, like Eddie was not a big guy at all, mm-hmm. but Eddie hit it with force. Yeah. He like, know, Eddie's frog splash looked like he, he was he was going into you like she just looks like she's belly flopping on you kind of. Mm-hmm. And, so. and RVD wasn't a huge guy either, but he like took off and went like a million feet in the air. It seemed like anytime he took off and did the frog splash. So yeah, and the way like he yeah his arms and leg moved, there was force behind it. Yeah, this is just like I'm just gonna jump off of here and woohoo belly flop. Yeah, <laughs> catch me. I'm gonna smash you. All right. So then we get a backstage segment with Carmel Hayes and Trick Williams, basically Trick telling him that he's his own man. He's got to go his own way, not going to be a sidekick. So it's nice that they split him up without a, a heel turn, Yeah, which is which is cool. We also have backstage a trainer attending to Stax. Tony D says Gallus are dead men walking. He says he wants all of Gallus. Stax told him that it makes three on two. Tony says that he's got to go make a call. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we get uh, in the ring, we get... Rhea Ripley saying Dominic's winning Great American Bash proved he is much more than a man than Wesley or Mustafa Ali. Dominic says he's the greatest luchador that ever lived. Dragon Lee then comes out and tells Dominic that he would not allow him to disrespect the NXT universe or his heritage any longer. Dragon says the greatest luchador of all time is Rey Mysterio and tells Dominic to a match next week. Dominic accepted. Rhea then said she will be in his corner. Dominic said, I mean, sorry, Dragon said he will not be alone either. Then we get Ray Mysterio appearing on the video wall telling Dominic that he will be in Dragon League's corner. So we'll pause there. So, yeah, like I said, I, I like that we didn't have we're, – we're not getting subjected to a Trick and Carmelo feud, So which I think would probably not be great. We may see the two of them in the ring at, at some point, but I don't think you know seeing them in a feud immediately it was, would not be the best thing. Uh, you know, I, I, we're going to see something, you know, who's going to be the third man – to uh, team with, uh, you know, the family against Gallus to get some revenge. And we set up uh, 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 the next challenger and Ray making his return to the NXT, uh, you know, arena. So what are your thoughts on these 
little storyline uh, movements forward. Yeah, I, I do like that they split uh, Trick and Carmelo up without doing a heel turn feud because I, I don't think uh, Trick's quite ready for that. And I think it kind of benefits him in a, in a match that we'll talk about uh, going forward. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and obviously Dom getting heat, uh, being a dick, <laughs> insulting uh, his father and all, all of the great Mexican luchadors throughout the years, calling himself the greatest luchador of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I was excited to see him face Dragon Lee in, in the next week. And obviously Ray showing up uh, is a big deal, um, getting him down there. And even if he's just going to be a, man- or a manager for a match, but uh, just having his appearance on there might entice a few eyes to come check it out uh, that might not have seen it before. Yeah, somebody somebody could say, Dom, you're actually a, more of a lucha bore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we get uh, back to the back. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it, I, I'm already loopy. All right, uh, in the back, we got Wesley yelling at Carmelo Hayes. Lee says he's lost three weeks in a row while Hayes on top of the world. Then we get Noam Dar and Oro Mensah showing up and said neither Hayes nor Lee will be Heritage Cup champion. Noam Dar tells Lee that Dominic beat him twice. Mensa Pai faced Lee. Hayes then pushed Mensa back, and the officials immediately broke up the four of them. That's going to lead to something. And backstage, we also get Thea Hale saying she gave it all at the Great American Bash but never gave up. Andre Chase threw in a towel. He said he didn't have a choice. Hale told him he didn't have to throw it in. Baron Corbin showed up and told him their interview was over. Chase says there are a lot of time. Corbin told Chase to tell him that he Hale that he's sorry for crushing all of her dreams and go. Chase says he's surprised he saw the match after being thrown around by Olympic uh, medalists. Corbin said if he shows his face again, uh, Corbin told Hale that this job is not for everybody. He said, you tried, you failed, you should pack your things and find something else to do. And Chase is <laughs> not going to let him talk to Thea like that. Corbin told him to do something about it, walked away. Chase said he will. So, you know, more with the, the Wesley thing. I think we've been there before with, with him a little bit. Uh, but... You know, I'm, I'm I'm digging this kind of that that going face did not make Carmelo soft, but it gave him like kind of a softer edge. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To him, like he's more like, you know, understanding and stuff like that. Then we get, you know, this Chase U thing moving ahead with Thea. And then we get uh, um, also, uh, you know, Baron Corbin being a dick, basically. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about this? Uh, Baron Corman doing what he does best, being an absolute prick to everyone he's around. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, it, it it's nice to see Carmelo in his face didn't get rid of his ruthlessness, uh, but he's also a little bit more sympathetic um, towards these kind of guys. Um, I mean, he tries to he tries to sympathize with Wes, but Wes kind of don't want to hear it. So um, kind of more different direction for Wes. Um, seems like he's kind of uh, aimless without the belt. Um, Maybe he'll start to kind of ascend into that NXT title picture uh, going forward. We'll see uh, as it goes. Um, but the Chase U thing, um, Thea looks all depressed. So obviously she's sad that um, she didn't win the title. And she's seems kind of mad at uh, Mr. Chase uh, for throwing in the towel. But um, uh, I think her anger will only grow as we go forward. Um, but yeah, like I said, Corbin just comes in and is... Is Baron Corbin? He does what he does best and acts like an absolute asshole. So there's that. Yeah, going maybe going to the dark side. Who knows with Thea? Yep. Um, so we get Eddie Thorpe versus Dijak. Uh, it ends with Thorpe dropping an elbow on Dijak. Dijak then gives Thorpe a spinning kick and pins him for the win. 
We go backstage. Tony D's on the phone. He told the person, hey, if he does this for him, they're even. Got the phone, told Stack that he's on his way. Backstage, Dana Brooke tells Kalani Jordan that as soon as she got the Kendall stick in her hand, she saw red and liked it. She told Jordan that she needs to find her aggression and call somebody out. So uh, what about what do you think about this A-Thorpe Dijak match? And then uh, we continue on with the Tony D and then the Dana Brooke Kalani Jordan, which seems like a little bit of an odd pairing to me. But, you know, who am I to uh, to understand uh, things? Right. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on these? Um, Eddie Dijak was uh, pretty good. Um, I, I think Dijak looked really good in, in, in the win. Um, I, Thorpe had an arm injury throughout the whole match. I think he sold that pretty well. Um, but I, I think Dijak, um, I think this is a good feud for him, and I think it's good for Eddie, too. I think it's a good way to uh, kind of present both of them. Dijak definitely needs to be a guy that's more uh, featured. Um, he, he probably should be in the NXT title picture competing with those kind of guys as well. Um, but it's a good way to kind of move up, uh, Eddie as well and kind of put him more in people's minds and, uh, push him up the card a little bit. Um, and then Dana and Kalani, they put them together cause they're both gymnasts. I think that's kind of the basis of their relationship, but, uh, she wants to see, uh, Kalani's killer instinct, uh, cause Dana obviously found hers the previous week. So, um, Little little tough love uh, from Dana to uh, Kalani as we'll, we'll go forward with that relationship, but um, yeah, not not bad. But um, I, I'm not super excited for that one. <laughs> I guess. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we move on to a women's tag match. We got Yulisa Leon and Valentina Faraz versus Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. Leon suplexed Vice twice and went for the pin, but Lopez broke it up. Faraz came in, but Lopez threw her out of the ring. Lopez turned around and Leon hit her with a clothesline. Leon turns around and Vice here with a spinning kick and Pinder. We got Electra Lopez and Lola Vice going over for the win. We get Tiffany Stratton appearing on TikTok saying that Thea Hale pushed her to a limit at Great American Bash, but she still emerged victorious and will return the following week. And then we get um, Carmelo Hayes and Wes Lee versus Noam Dar and Oral Mensah. Lee went for the cardiac kick on Dar, but Dar moves out of the way and, and hit the kick with Hayes. Mensah then super kicked Lee. Dar hit Lee with a step-up kick and pinned him. Surprise, Matt, when Noam Dar and Oro Mensah. After the match, Hayes and Lee argued, but then Hayes said, we're cool. Lee remained angry, and Hayes left the ring. So I thought the ladies' match was fine. Uh, I think uh, Leona Faraz are, are an okay team, but I think Electra Lopez and Lola Vice are getting... Uh, gonna, are getting more of the, the push, the steam, if you will. Uh, you're getting more time. Um, you know, Tiffany, you know, was you know selling Thea's, uh, you know, how bad, how you know, how much Thea kind of like beat her up. And then, like the surprising win here for Noam Dar and Oro Mensah, but you know, it, it moves the, kind of the the Carmelo Wesley storyline forward. So, what are your thoughts on on these uh, items? Yeah, definitely. Um, Electra Lopez and Lola. I think they say a lot in Lola. I think we'll see that more as we go forward as well. Um, I, I think they see a, a good bit in her. So just a kind of way to put them over a little bit. Match wasn't anything great. Um, kind of, it was another short, short, quick match. Um, but I got them over for sure. Um, I kind of like that Tiffany. She's a heel, uh, and she constantly insults the crowd and insults everybody around her. But she kind of gave Thea her her props. I kind of like that she did that. Um, kind of weird to see, or, or kind of nice 
but weird to see uh, he'll kind of do that. But I, I, I like that aspect for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I think this was I think the metaphor win here was more to kind of just push uh, Wesley into a further rage as he's continuing to lose these matches. Um, uh, you don't like seeing Carmelo lose matches, but at least he didn't take the pin this time. Um, but obviously, it's to put the, over the fact that Metaphor is a group and they're they have a lot of togetherness, and you know Lee and uh, Carmelo were just kind of partners of uh, the situation. Um, so th- that that was a good good part of that that they had let the actual team win. Uh, but a very good match, I think. Uh, you know, like we've constantly said on this pod wesley and uh carmelo anytime they're in the ring probably aren't going to have a bad match so i think it was a solid tag and got everybody over uh as it should have all right so in a pre-tape interview braun breaker said von wagner is nobody if you don't like what i have to say come and find me if you think a picture with a scar on your head is bad wait till i get a hold of you then we get to the infamous parking lot where dom and Rhea are out there axiom came up to them and called dominic a parasite leeching off his father's blood sweat and tears dominic thought it was dragon lee mustafa ali ran into the scene and told dominic that i need to talk to you axiom got mad ali for interrupting him when ali turned around dominic and Rio walked off axiom told ali i don't appreciate you disrespecting me uh ali said he's been disrespected for six years and that north american title is going to be his and we get andre chase versus baron corbin hell Thea Hells at ringside, who looked disinterested throughout the match. Corbin got chased in a single leg crab, and then Hale threw in the towel. Corbin threw it back, and Hale walked away. Corbin caught Chase at the end of days and got the pin. So we move forward with this whole Braun and, and Vaughn uh, thing going on here. We get some more great character work with with Dom and Rhea in the in the parking lot here, and we basically get Baron Corbin squashing. Uh, Andre Chase for the most part and, and moving uh, Thea's uh, disillusionment with Chase U forward. So any thoughts on this stuff? Um, I, I like that Braun said Vaughn was a nobody like his father. Uh, kind of <laughs> calling back to the Steiner brothers, Beverly brothers uh, feud of the uh, early 90s. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, I'm thinking at, at the beginning of this pod, when we first started this, him insulting Axiom and thinking he was Dragon Lee would have made me so happy. Um, I've kind of come around in Axiom, obviously, but I, I thought that was a pretty funny spot at the same time. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, M- Mustafa Ali is obviously very uh, desperate to uh, get this North American championship, so his his pursuits are not going to end uh, with uh, the Great American Bash. And then, yeah, obviously... Andre Chase versus Baron Corbin was more to kind of, like you said, to push over uh, Thea's kind of disillusionment with Chase U. Uh, and Andre Chase is kind of a, a leader because um, she sees it as he screwed her out of winning her championship opportunity. So, uh, but Baron uh, pretty much squashed him, like you said. Um, but I, I thought I thought it was a pretty good match at the same time. Yeah, yeah. His father was in the Brothers Beverly as. The genius used to say, <laughs> "The brothers Beverly." Beverly, yeah, I yeah, they were the what were they the North American Wrecking Crew in the AWA before they came over? I think, I think Minnesota. No, they weren't the, the Minnesota. Minnesota Wrecking Crew. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I you know I thought they were a decent team. You know, first they were with the coach, and they then which I was like, I didn't know. I didn't even as a kid, I didn't even get that. But then yeah, then they were with, they were they were one of those teams. that was like yeah, they were they were they were good. But they they never really, you know they 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 were like your poor man's Rougeaus. 
I would say. Yeah, I mean, they were solid. Uh, they were the uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, too, because I think that was uh, Arn and uh, Ole's name, too, okay. before they were in the Horsemen. So um, that they were the second version. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so we go backstage. Tyler Bate challenges Noam Dar to a match next week. In the ring, we get the dyad with a bunch of masked men. They said two members put their hands on them. They had to take their masks off one by one. And when they went down the two, they thought they were the Creed brothers and attacked them. They pull off the mask to reveal it wasn't them. The Creeds then appeared on the video wall with a beach background. They said they were not under the mask as they lost the Loser Leaves Town match. And now they are having the time of their lives. They showed fake backgrounds of the places they have been. They said they are not in Orlando and thanked them for the vacation. Joe Gacy called on the followers of the schism to find the Creed brothers and bring them to him. So then we get a clip shown backstage last week. Cora Jade says she left Dana Brooke last week and she's sick of this place and is leaving. That's the thing I'd mentioned. There you go. I had mentioned earlier. So uh, before we get to the main event, um, so with the Creeds, I had a feeling they weren't going to be gone because, I mean, the only, because they did show them backstage uh, at the Raw that was in Orlando. I think it was was a Raw. I mean, the only thing I could have saw for them was for them to join. the Alpha Academy. Yeah. Right. That was the only time I was, I think I could see them on the main roster. So, but you know, they, they, they will be back. Um, I thought this was a, a fun segment, which a little, uh, ba- a little like, you know, chicanery, I guess on the creeds, uh, part. And then, you know, we get the, the Corey J thing where she's, uh, you know, sick of this place, AKA I need to take time off for, for maybe some, uh, enhancements, if you will, or some healing. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of the uh, whole? Um, uh, you know, we get Tyler Bates setting up for next week with Noam Dar, and then we get the uh, the whole thing with the schism. Yeah, I thought the Creed Brother thing was pretty entertaining. Um, it kind of showed let them show their comedy chops. Um, I'm probably never gonna not not like something that they do. Uh, they're one of my favorites uh, since we've been doing the pod, and uh, really since uh, NXT kind of switched to this. Uh, switched to 2.0 and they've been around so um, real big fan of them um, I do think it's kind of like oh yeah thank for not making us wrestle for like uh, th- three or four weeks or uh, a month or so I uh, really appreciate that I don't know if that gives NXT the best look but um, uh, anyways yeah it's, it's just driving the diet and uh, schism as a whole just into further craziness because they, they, want, they want their hands on the creeds even though they get rid of them um, but yeah Cora I hope I hope after this next injury enhancements uh, vacation, she uh, hangs around and actually uh, lives up to her, her potential because she's been a bigger disappointment than she has been anything exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then we move on to our main event, which is Gallus, Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang versus Tony D'Angelo, Stax, Chatting, Lorenzo, and their mystery partner, Santos Escobar, returning to NXT. All six are brawling in the ring. Escobar gives uh, Coffee a Frankensteiner off the top rope. Tony and Saxon give Mark Coffee the bada bing, bada bam, and Tony pins him. So we get the family and Santos uh, going over winning the match. It was nice to see them in the callback to the whole, uh, you know, um, the uh, Legado del Fantasma and and family feud there. And we get and in the show we get a pre-taped interview with Ila Dragunov saying trick is the sole reason why he is not NXT champion. If Trick isn't done with him, good, because he's not done with him either. Next week, retribution begins, and he will not stop until he is entirely terminated. So that's good that we continue. Uh, we see Dragunov kind of staying you know, in 
in the the I guess the main you know picture here, Trick, who has been improving. I was pretty down on him in the beginning, but he he has been getting a lot better. Uh, and you know this was a decent uh, six man. Uh, what are your thoughts on the main event and um, the ending of the show? Yeah, I thought the six man was really well uh, or really good. Um, the uh, the callback to Santos being the six man partner was really good. Uh, I'm still I'm still hankering for there to be a a third member uh, of the family, uh, just wh- whoever it might be, just a, an, another guy. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point because uh, Stax doesn't need a tag team partner because Tony's a tag team partner, so it doesn't really matter at this point, I guess, uh, as far as that. But I've always kind of wanted there to be a, another guy since uh, two dimes went out. So, um, but Sa- Santos was a good callback, like I said, um, good match. Um, uh, I thought it was really well done, and and the uh, angle after the match with Ilya, um, obviously he blames Trick, um, and he it, it, he seems to think that that's the only reason Carmelo keeps winning these matches because Trick has always been in the corner, um, and obviously Trick had called him out earlier in the night, so um, we're heading for a crash course with those two, so that those that that's a big spot for Trick, and uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, now we move on. To the show on August 8th, we got Mustafa Ali versus Axiom to start the match. Uh, you know, they have the uh, the light gets uh, underhanded. He pulled off the mask of the superhero and dumped him onto the floor, followed by a 450 splash back into the ring. During the match, we get scripts appearing to distract Axiom after he sent Ali into the announce table with a head scissors taken down off the apron. We get Nima and Price coming out to back up scripts, almost costing Ali the win. Ali caught Axiom with a jackhammer. The superhero responded with a Canadian destroyer and moonsault to the floor. After his win, Ali declared he was next in line for the title shot, and the crowd was fully behind him. So, you know, NXT has a, has a you know reputation for having a, a hot start with a great match to start the show, and this was none. This was the same up there. I I really did enjoy this match. I, you know, I I don't hate Scripps uh, being involved with these guys. Uh, I kind of think he is that he could be that swarmy character. It's kind of funny how he's like, you know, he goes from being like a sommelier mm-hmm. to this like whatever this this calligraphy dude, and now he's becoming <laughs> more street. So, so we're we're going through quite the uh, the the changes here with uh, with Reginald Scripps, uh, whatever you want to call him. But uh, what do you think of this uh, opening match here? Yeah, he's gone on quite the journey. So uh, <laughs> he was French at first, then he was a calligrapher. Now he uh, seems he seems to be real street savvy. So uh, quite the journey for Scripps, Reggie Reginald. So, um, but yeah, really good match. Kind of like you said, all they always seem to start out with a really hot hot match. Um, the uh, shove to the ground with the like really weird camera work, and that he just shoved him straight to the floor. Uh, obviously would have hurt really bad. I, I'm assuming they probably had a crash mat of some sort that he landed on uh, in that spot, but it was re- it was really just produced, it seemed, so I thought it was really funny uh, how they pulled that off. But, yeah, really exciting match, really good stuff. Um, obviously, Ali's seeing, seeming to be a little more heelish because I think he tried to go for Axiom's mask at one point. So, um, But, yeah, really solid opener. All right, and we got Blair Davenport versus Kalani Jordan with Dana Brooke. Kalani does her best to keep up with the ruthless aggression of Blair. However, she got caught in the ropes at the wrong time, failing, falling to a double foot stomp, followed by a short arm knee strike. 
for the loss there. Brooke was a vocal coach at ringside, urging Jordan to push her to advantage. Afterwards, Brooke went after Davenport with a belt and nearly attacked Jordan as well, teasing a possible heel turn. And then we go into a Heritage Cup match, Noam Dar defending against Tyler Bate. After competitive first round, Tyler Bate made a statement by hitting the Tyler Driver 98 quickly into the second round for the first fall. After a long stretch in a knee bar, the big strong boy needed to tap out in the fourth round. In the fifth round, Bate went for a Tyler Driver, but Dar reversed into a pinfall attempt. The big strong boy reversed into his own pin for a surprise three count. While Bate started strong and began wearing out, Dar got stronger and more confident. However, he got too cocky in the last stretch and lost his baby once again. <laughs> Later, Bate ends up giving Dar back the Heritage Cup once Nathan Frazier agreed to face the Scar Supernova at Heat Wave. Frazier also agreed that he owed Bate. Uh, I mean, the Davenport-Kalani match was fine. It was more to uh, get Blair a win, and Kalani, you know, can take the loss, you know, being so new. And also forwards with Dana's, uh, you know, coming heel turn that is being telegraphed from a mile away. <laughs> and, you know, we get this Heritage Cup match. I still have not come around on the Heritage Cup style here. Um, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a stupid American. I don't know. But I thought it was fine. I mean, the, both guys in there are talented. I thought, you know, it was decent. But, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of, Tyler Bates another person. I'm trying to figure out what's his direction. Where is he going? Okay. Uh, but I thought it was a fine match. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just going back to Blair and Kalani, obviously that was to push, you know, Dana's more aggressive nature uh, after her uh, Singapore Kane match with Cora Jade uh, that she seemed to kick into at that point. Um, and then the, the fake Heritage Cup, not even the real Heritage Cup that Noam was given last week. Um, he already loses that to somebody else, uh, so he's not having too much luck uh, lately with that. So, um, but yeah, I, I get I get not liking the style. Um, I do, like I've said in the past, think it works a lot better in the small environment that is the NXT arena than it does uh, in the PLE arenas where, you know, it's I I just don't think I I don't I don't really know how to describe it. It it just doesn't work in those big arenas with the big crowds, uh, because I feel like the NXT arena gets hyped for pretty much everything and it's contained and the sound doesn't like dissipate. Uh, so it, it just it, it works better in this smaller environment, but I do understand not not liking it. But I, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, this is more what you would get in the NXT UK uh, Heritage Cup matches back in the day. So um, solid match, uh, but yeah. not not the best for sure. No. All right, then we get Trick Williams uh, challenging Ilya Dragunov to a match at Heat Wave. Ilya demanded Trick meet him in the ring during a quick interview. The two met and agreed to a match at Heat Wave. Then we get uh, Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner with Mr. Stone. Wagner did his best to match up with Braun, but eventually fell to his spear. Afterwards, the former NXT champion tried to attack Mr. Stone. Wagner staved his manager and powerbomb Braun through the announce table. In an interview, uh, Wagner had promised to put Braun through a table in the match. The former NXT champion was not impressed on his way to the ring. The crowd was more interested in getting tables involved than the actual action, though it was that was because Wagner kept teasing, sending Breaker through it. And then also we had a, a backstage thing with Eddie Thorpe talking about refocusing himself in the nature before a rematch with Dijak. So yeah, we're getting set up with Trick and, and Dragunov moving now forward. And in this Braun Vaughn uh, feud is, is moving uh, forward. Not kind of sure where 
the upside is here for for Braun at least. I think Braun is just you know really there working on his heel craft and and his. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it is. It's for him to get worked down there as a heel because they could they could turn him into a face as soon as he comes back to the main roster. So, but I think they're they're having fun with him right now. I think he's having a good time. And again, still don't understand what the hell's going on with Von Wagner. Don't get what, <laughs> where they're going with this guy. I think they should just put him with Corbin. Maybe that's where they'll go to, especially make them like a modern-day skyscrapers. We could always use tag teams. Why not, right? Yeah. I don't know so if we need another call. big, big brute uh, tag team, though. But um, you know, I don't know if yeah. I'd call them. I, I don't know. I think like a tag team like that, I wouldn't call them big brutes. I just think they're just tall. I got you. Like, you know, uh, the skyscrapers were like, you know, when you, that's like, you, it's like kind of saying like, you know, this, the original skyscrapers or twin, not twin towers, that was different, uh, were, were like kind of like, like, I think of like brawlers, like, or hosses, like the LOD. You know, yeah. demolition. Those those are like Haas teams. Uh, you know, I I would think of these guys as just like you know this big tall, um, you know, it's I don't know, it's just maybe a difference in in body shape to me. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, the promo with Ilya and Trick was good. Uh, obviously, like I said, put Trick in a big uh, situation. I think he has some uh, a real high level of potential um, going forward. I think he's really improved since we started this thing. Um, and then the match, um, yeah, it, it's kind of confusing. Um, I, I, this is, this is a match that probably could have benefited for me in like a double count out. It probably would have helped, uh, Vaughn, but Vaughn takes a loss. So it's kind of confusing. Obviously he gets the table bump after the match, but, um, yeah, I, I I'm interested to see where this ends up because yeah. I, I, I am kind of confused as well. So we get Briggs and Jensen versus Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Gulak and Dempsey have a tough time matching the power and speed of Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Damon Kemp ends up saving them by suplexing Jensen on the outside, setting off for a bridging dragon suplex to take the win. We also, uh, backstage, uh, we had gotten schism, promising to get the Creed brothers, even if they needed to turn NXT upside down. Later, they attack Hank and Tank. They threaten the family as well, but back down before attacking them. We get Gulak making fun of Hank and Tank until Jensen and Briggs challenge them. This is what sets up. This match, and we also get Miles Bourne lowering the ropes for his teachers and stood in their corner. Gulak then sent him to the back after he said he did not have water. And then we move on to Ivy Nile versus Kiana James. Ivy fought through a one-sided start to the match with Kiana, but Skizzum's arrival distracted her. Now locked in the dragon sleeper, but Ava grabbed her leg. This allowed James to hit a new finisher, the deal breaker, to win. Afterwards, Skizzum grabbed Ivy Nile and demanded that she tell them where the Creed brothers are. Tony D and Stax make the save. Schism appeared with a group of masked men surrounding the ring. They then began pounding the apron in unicism. Unism. Unism. Whatever. I'm having a... Unison. Um, <laughs> unison. There you go. Thank you. I'm like, unisom? Unitard? What? I, I don't know what that is. you had unison and schism right next to each other. Yes. <laughs> the schismism. Uh, so, yeah. So, we get this... Um, this Okay, Matt. I mean, I'm... I'm sorry. When I see Drew and Charlie Dempsey, I like yawn. I look at my phone. I like. I. I'm sorry. They they don't do anything for me. I think you know Charlie's got potential. Drew is fine, but I I just don't understand. Like I just uh, I I I just don't get it. I mean you know like I said, Charlie's got that look like he just shot whiskey the entire time, and I I do like Briggs and Jensen. I, I do like having them uh, back together. 
um, you know, this this Ivy, Ava, whatever, is gone on for so We talk about, like, landing the plane already, guys. You know, <laughs> it, it, this, is go, I, this is going on as, if not longer, than the whole, uh, you know, Briggs and uh, Jensen and, and, and Kiana thing. Like, it was just ridiculous. But uh, Ivy is also somebody who has been improving steadily. I think she's starting to show some personality. Her in-ring has been has been solid and Kiana is another one that's up and coming. So, you know, it's like, you know, you got to have patience with some of these people. If, and if you see that there's something there, they're going to get better. It's just, it's just the way it happens. I mean, you look at some of the stars of today. And if you think back to like, look, like who thought Alexa bliss was going to turn into what she did when she first started showing up as that pixie. Come on. Nobody. Yeah. Did. So, and she didn't win a, she like, you know, she, yeah, she had some great stuff in NXT, but she didn't really accomplish you know, championships or matches, and and yet she's probably one has won more titles in the last like ten years than than maybe only a handful of other women. Yeah. So so that's that's what I love about watching this brand and covering it uh, to talk about it is seeing seeing the development because you know they 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 make believers out of me even when I'm like oh this person oh but then you know you stick with them and they get better and Ivy Kiana Trick. All have been have been getting better. Charlie probably will get better, but right now, ugh, ugh, he just they just that that group just kind of like bores me. I guess. I, yeah, I, they I, added I, your boy Damon, so <laughs> it's only yeah, yeah. My boy Damon Kemp, who I think is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, any thoughts on on this tag match and the uh, the Ivy Kiana match? I do finally, I do love that they finally kind of put the shooter faction together that they were going to uh, a few years ago when it was supposed to be like Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak and a couple other guys, but it ends up being Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey, Damon Kemp, and Miles Bourne. So, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit well, they were trying to do something with Timothy Thatcher before he got released. That's true. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's good to see that they finally put the uh, little shooter faction together. But um, I thought that match was pretty good. Um, Briggs and Jensen are always good at bumping around, uh, especially Jensen. Um, and I, I think I'm a little bit higher on Charlie than you are. But Gulak's just, yeah, I think he's just kind of like brand toast. He's just kind of boring and like uh, isn't going to excite you, but he gets the job done at the same time, I guess. Um, and yeah, like you said, Kiana and Ivy are two that have really improved a, a lot in the last year. And I, I do uh, enjoy uh, Kiana's new finisher. So, uh, and I'm with you on the schism and uh, Creed Brother thing. Uh, it needs to, or Creed, the uh, Diamond Mine thing. It needs to, it needs to wrap up. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We move on to our, uh, our main event for the show, which is Dominic Mysterio, our NXT North American champion, defending against Dragon Lee, who has been seconded by Ray Mysterio. Dragon Lee fought fight hard against Dominic and nearly took the win with a powerbomb. However, after Rhea blasted Dragon with her women's championship, Dirty Dom hit a Mishinoku driver to retain the title. Afterward, Rhea gets into the face of Rey Mysterio until Lyra Valkyria sends the Eradicator packing. Uh, earlier in the night, we had Rey backstage, though, uh, give, congratulating Roxanne Perez and giving Thea Hale a pep talk. Lyra called out Ripley for manipulating her into doing what the Eradicator wanted. So, you know, a solid end to the match. It was nice to see uh, Ray is one of those people. It's kind of like I, I some days I'm like, yeah, it's Ray. Other days I'm like, why is it Ray? But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know, Ray's been around for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think he's 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 I don't, I, I don't know how much longer Ray has as a, as an active competitor. But 
you know, it's good to see, you know, they separated him and Dom, but it still lingers and they could still revisit it whenever they want. So I think that added to this match. And anytime you get somebody of his caliber showing up in the NXT arena, you know, it, it does bring some excitement. But I thought this was a fine match. Dragon Lee is one of those, like, I would have thought he would have had more wins by now. Yeah. But he uh, obviously hasn't. But Dom, you can't argue with, with Dom right now. The guy, the kid is like over. He's probably one of the top heels, probably gets the most heat out of anybody in the company right now. So uh, I'm enjoying it. And yeah, I thought this was fine, this match. Yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, this one as well. And and like you said, I I would have expected uh, with the name that Dragon Lee had coming in, he would have gotten a lot more wins to this point. But he seems to always be on the cusp, always be on the cusp, and then he fails in the last last moment. But yeah, like you said, having Ray down there brings a big name. Um, you know, if somebody hears that Ray Mysterio is going to be on NXT tonight, um, it might make them tune in when they might not have originally. And they see a good match with a really good guy. Um, that's the thing about Dragon Lee too is he he always has a pretty good match, um, even though he may not always win. So he's at least uh, delivering uh, in ring, even though he might not be get picking up the wins. But yeah, you can't you can't stop the Dom train at this point. Uh, it just just wouldn't make any sense. So um, yeah, solid match to end up things. All right, so we move on to uh, the NXT show from August 15th, 2023. Starts off with the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line as a family defends against the Dyad. After a competitive match, Ivy re- arrives to distract the schism at ringside. This allowed the Creed brothers and Mass to sneak in, take out Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed to set up Tony D to steal the win with the Uh The Creeds were always going to be the two men under the yellow mask who cost the Dyad yet another big opportunity. There were masked men at ringside to protect the dyad whenever the heels head for the outside for a breather that were even more in the crowd. Reed had knocked stacks off the apron onto the announce table and the snap of the impact sounded bad. Luckily, he looked fine after the commercial break. Again, another match, another hot, uh, you know, hot angle to start off. And the creeds have returned. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, the dyad, I think they're just you know, as we would say, playing out the string until their contracts are up mm-hmm. since they had asked for their release earlier and it was denied. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was good, though, to see them. These guys are professionals. They're still killing it. I mean, we're going to get to a, a match that that's even that's even better uh, in an episode or two from here. Yeah. But what do you think of the start of this ep- of this one? Yeah, that, that's how you can tell that these guys are real professionals. Their effort level hadn't gone down at all. Um, they didn't take that and be like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not going to try hard for you guys because they they kill it almost every time they're in the ring. Um, and this this was no different. Um, the action was really good in this match, but it really was more of an angle to kind of get to the Creed Brothers interf- or the quote unquote Creed Brothers in the mask uh, interfering and taking out uh, one of them while Tony D and Stax took them out uh, to con- retain the championships. So another good win for them. Um, and a solid match, but definitely more angle than uh, definitely meant more for the angle than it would did uh, Tony and Stack's uh, championship ring. All right, so then we get Dana Brooke with Kalani Jordan versus Blair Davenport. Dana gets a little too angry in this bout after Kalani Jordan stopped her from getting disqualified. She stumbled into a running knee strike from Blair Davenport, followed by a second one to seal the win. Um, you know she's really trying to uh, Dana is is really trying a little too hard to sell. This turn to the dark side. It's it's a, it seems a little too forced. But even before her inevitable heel turn, they're giving at least they're giving her a platform to uh, to rebuild herself. 
The NXT Universe is more favorable to Brooke than usual, but still louder for Davenport and Dueling Chance. We get Dana getting angry after a big sit-out powerbomb, could not win it. She then planted Davenport with a running lariat. She also went for the ring bell, but Kalani stopped her. When Brooke got back in the ring, she ducked Davenport and caught her with an awkward pin attempt. So then we also and then we get another match. We get Trick Williams versus Drew Gulak. After Brooks Jensen and Jocks Briggs took out Charlie Dempsey and Damon Kevin ringside, Drew Gulak was no match for a motivated Trick Williams. He sealed his win with whoop that trick. A fairly dominant victory despite potential distraction at ringside. It was just what Trick needed out of an important match with Ilya Dragunov. So what are any thoughts to share on these two matches? I, I did not know the name of his move was whoop that trick. So that's Neither did I. I really enjoyed getting to say that though. Uh that 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 is pretty solid, I won't lie. But um yeah the Dana and Blair match was obviously again to put over more of uh Brooks uh Dana Brooks uh aggressive side. Um I, I think it was all right. It wasn't anything special. Um Dana Brooks just not somebody that's I she's kinda like uh, Mike Gulak and uh, Charlie <laughs> Dempsey. She's just kind of, you know, just dry, and I don't really super enjoy her. I don't really look forward to her turning heel or anything like that. So, she like like Natty 2.0. Yeah, and like, she she's just obnoxious to me for some reason. I don't know. I, I just I, I've yeah. never enjoyed her, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> she's trying to be Mandy 2.0, but that's we're getting Natty 2.0. She, yeah, that. she's she's not she's not at that talent level or uh ability to get over at all so no um definitely definitely a bad move there um i mean she needs to be in nxt because she she can perform there and you know she can kind of fit in and stuff like that and she's just gonna get lost on the main roster so i definitely understand her purpose being there but um trick i think he looked good in his uh win a decent match didn't get a ton of time but um uh, whoop that trick is a really solid uh, finisher name, so I, I like that a lot. All right, so we get Von Wagner talking Baron Corbin into a match at Heat Wave. Baron Corbin made fun of Gable Stevenson, the rest of the NXT locker room. Mr. Stone and Von Wagner came out to confront him on his comments. Wagner talked a big game, but could not put his rival through the announce table before officials intervene. While Corbin's new gimmick has not made much of an impact, he has done well here at NXT, elevating the talent around him. Uh, Wagner actually was uh, probably cutting his best promo to date. Then we get, um, you know, Ron Breaker warning Corbin in the parking lot to get out of his way. He was not done with Vaughn yet. Rhea and Dominic challenged Lyra and Dragon Lee to a mixed tag match at Heat Wave. Lyra and Lee tried to get on the same page as a tag team for the said show. And Mustafa Ali cut a pre-taped promo in the style of a politician promising to elevate the North American Championship to a to new heights. So uh, before we move on to the next match, any thoughts on, on the, uh, the Vaughn and Baron Corbin stuff or the mixed tag between Rhea and Dom and Lyra and Dragon Lee? Yeah, the mixed tag could be super fun. Uh, just considering the people in it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I was looking forward to that one. Um, you know, Baron and Vaughn, not something that just, Super, super duper excites me. The idea of that match, but gives something both got both got something to do, and they can elevate each other uh, at the same time. So um, we'll see where that one goes. Um, and Vaughn did cut a pretty good promo uh, there. It's probably the most comfortable he's felt. Um, and then uh, I, I, I kind of like the Mustafa politician uh, kind of character that they're giving him, where he's at the podium giving a real 
uh, riling speech about the being the North American champion. So uh, definitely interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So we get the number one contender for the NXT Championship, Wesley versus Dijak. Lee and Dijak brutalize each other throughout this fight. Both were limping and vulnerable. Uh, Eddie Thorpe, though, made the difference, though, distracting hard justice enough for Lee to hit the cardiac kick and a corkscrew senton to win. Uh, you know, whenever Lee and Dijak are in the ring, they always have a great match. And this was physical and intense. And they sold their battle wounds to set up big moments of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, some further notes here were uh, in a pre-tape promo, a Thor promised Dijak that they would fight again. During a picture signing, Lee warned Mello to worry about him as the next challenger. Dijak gave, her, gave him a similar warning later. Lee had uh, targeted the left leg of Dijak, charging at his knee and twisting in the corner. That remained the target throughout the match. Lee managed to powerbomb Dijak, then plant him with a meteora for a near fall. The former North American champion went for the cardiac kick, but his leg gave out. Dijak went for Feast for Your Eyes, and his only gave out on him. So, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, you know, as our friend would say, a lot of limb work going on here. And, um, you know, it was solid. I mean, these guys, again, this you wouldn't – you would look at it on paper, you know, at these two guys. You're like, these guys. But every time they're in there, they have a great match. So so what are your thoughts on Wesley versus Dijak and Wesley going over? Yeah, these guys just have a ton of, ton of chemistry. Um Obviously, with what happened last week, I think Wes was the obvious choice here. Um, and, you know, Dijak's not done with Eddie Thorpe. It, it, the, that match uh, that they had, obviously, and kind of nefarious means, I think Dijak kind of cheated at the end to win. Uh, so they they weren't done with each other. So they were going to get another match out of those two. And Wes, obviously, was somewhat targeting Carmelo uh, after last week. So um, I think Wes winning is a good choice. But, yeah, these guys just have so much chemistry with each other. They know how to work that little man, big man kind of style match uh, to perfection. So they're, they're just really solid together. All right. Move on to Tyler Bate versus Joe coffee, your favorite with Gallus. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Bate was rolling against Joe coffee, but, but Dava Kato arrived to steamroll the big strong boy. <sighs> he threatened Gallus and they backed off. This left Bate to take a choke bomb in the, in the center of the ring. Despite the history between Bate and Joe, this match was not going anywhere before the interference. The crowd was quite timid, despite the best efforts of the big, strong boy. It was on the verge of a squash. Davicato has tried to get on the right track since his return to NXT, but the brand has done a poor job uh, booking him as a monster. So losses have taken away his uh, aura as a dominant force. So, yeah, Davicato kind of resurfaces at a... Like, the last time we saw him, he was, you know, taking on, you know, uh, scripts and Axiom and, and, and losing to them. And then we also had a uh, NXT non- anonymous taping a, uh, a confrontation at a live event uh, between Bate and Coffee. So, um, any thoughts on this Tyler Bate versus uh, Joe Coffee match? Yeah, the, I mean the match was really nothing before the interference, and oh boy, Davicato's back! Woohoo! Uh, just so exciting uh, to have him back after he got beat by the two little guys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, last time he was on, uh, he's he's one of those that you know if if they put a t- thing on Twitter tomorrow saying he got released, I would not uh, be sad. Um, 
you were kind of the the write up that you were reading from um, said something funny, but the one I have up says, "Welcome back, Dabakato, to his six fans." I didn't really miss him, but I guess <laughs> he has to try with him once again. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, yeah they, they, nothing exciting. <laughs> they don't like to give up on the big men, uh, Omas, you know, as as Exhibit A, right? You know, these guys they're they're trying their hardest to get them over, and but they just. I don't, I don't get it, but if you want this guy to be a monster, why is he losing the cruiserweights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's imposing, and he's huge, and I think he could be solid for him. But, yeah, like you said, they just don't book him very well. Like, have him kill – not literally kill, but have him destroy people in the ring uh, and just, you know, mow through the roster and, you know, elevate and stuff like that. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I have, I have no fucking clue, so – <laughs> uh, we get uh, Thea Hale versus JC Jane. Thea Hale could not overcome her emotions throughout this match while Andre Trace had gotten on the apron and stopped JC Jane from using as a weapon. Thea Hale was distracted and setting up a roll of victory for JC Jane. As we, uh, you know, some notes uh, that had happened earlier was Chase could not get on the same page as Hale and Duke Hudson just sat there on the fence earlier backstage. Hale then nearly got the win off a springboard senton and locked in the Camaro lock, but Jane got to the ropes quickly to escape. Uh, Commentary uh, was pretty solid on this match with making like Jane was the underdog, which should not be true given their history. Then we also uh, earlier had Metaphor interrupting hard-hitting truce with Nathan Frazier for Supernova Sessions, the Real Heritage Cup champion called Noam Dara Fraud repeatedly. NXT then showed uh, a dramatic vignette about Los Lotharios framed by the words of Humberto Garza from whom both were given their names. And then we also have T- uh, Tiffany Stratton promising to appear at Heatwave. So Thea's, uh, you know, I guess uh, a breakup, so to speak, or what's going on with her and Chase U continues on, uh, even with the, with the loss to JC Jane, who's kind of been a little aimless since... Uh, you know, the split of toxic attraction. I mean, she played the heel. She's played it well, but and she's gotten some wins. She, I obviously didn't win the feud with Gigi, but, uh, you know, she, they got, they need a direction for her and they're finally starting to do something else with her, which is good. I mean, the metaphor is kind of like, all right, they're fun. They're ha ha ha. But, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, it's not like Gulak and Dempsey where I change the channel, but I, where I like, like, or I go on my phone, but it's kind of like, all right, the metaphor, they're funny, they're comical, yeah, they're okay. You know, there's a big uh, drop-off after Noam to the rest of the, the rest of the faction. That's true. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do do enjoy them. I think they're getting better. They're, they're getting, you know, they're, they're leaning into some ridiculousness, which is really what I think they should go in because people are not going to take them that seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they'll take yeah. them seriously, like, you know, as – in the, in the ring and stuff, but like in their vignettes and stuff like that, they can't be serious. They got to be ridiculous, uh, you know, delusional, things like that. So uh, what are your thoughts on Thea versus JC and this uh, metaphor stuff? Yeah, me- metaphor is good when they're being obnoxious. So that that's the, that's the lane that they need to be in. Uh, I thought Nathan did pretty good in this segment uh, with the whole fraud thing over and over. Um, hitting the button and all that, so I think I think he came across really well there. Um, JC and Thea obviously pushed pushed forward the Chase U dissension. Um, obviously, you know they they uh, Thea and Mr. Chase aren't on the same uh, 
saved Paige pretty much the whole match. She she kind of yells at him at the end, and that's what gets her rolled up. So um, continuing that, um, I thought the uh, history lesson about uh, Humberto and Angel was really good. So um, yeah, just a couple of solid little segments, and then that match was that match was fine, but uh, obviously more uh, angle focused than really the match in general. All right. So then we get uh, Wesley demanding Carmella Hayes show him respect in the contract signing. Wesley kept heckling Carmella Hayes until the A champion walked out. The two exchanged words before signing a contract for the NXT title at Heat Wave. Uh, Lee stole the table from Mello's picture signing and dragged it into the ring, de- uh, demanding that he sees him there. Lee called himself his own biggest doubter but refused to fail. After the contract was signed, I thought this was pretty damn cool. Lee stomped straight through the table. I love that little spot. Uh, what do you think of uh, the way they closed this show? Uh, yeah, the contract signing was a super awesome segment. Uh, Lee's promo was super awesome. I think he came across really well, uh, really fired up. Uh, you really thought maybe he had a chance to beat uh, Carmella the next week um, went, when they faced off. So uh, I thought it came across really well. All right. All right. All right, guys. We're getting there. We're getting there. Lots, <laughs> lots to cover. So. Uh, we're at NXT on uh, August 22nd, a.k.a. Heatwave. We open up with Eli Dragunov versus Trick Williams. Trick fought hard through the toughest shots of Dragunov and stayed in the fight. However, the Mad Dragon was still too much, sealing his win with a diving low forearm smash. This was a major test for Trick, his most competitive and high-profile singles match against one of NXT's best. But it wasn't time his time to, to win the match, but he more than held his own. Backstage, we had uh, Tony D and Channing Stax Lorenzo raising a toast to the big moments of Heat Wave in their pool. Uh, we also got uh, Wesley uh, and Dragunov almost getting into a fight as Mad Dragon did not believe Lee could beat Mel. So, yeah, I thought this was a pretty solid match. Trick's best match, I think, to date. Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I, I thought this came across really well. Uh, Trick didn't seem like he was out of place at all. Um, and Ilya delivered a banger like he usually does. So, um, yeah, I thought this I thought this was way better than I thought it had any chance to be. I, I was really excited after this one. Thought I even suggested it to some people that I know probably don't watch it every week. I was like, you may, you may not know either of these guys, or you may know one of them and not the other, but go out of your way to watch it because it was it was really solid. All right, we move on to Ivy Nile versus Eva with Schism. Ava dominated this match with her power. However, all it took was one counter by Ivy Nile to pull out the Dragon Sleeper and force a submission. You know, this was, uh, you know, they've, people have said that the booking of Schism has, has been not great. And this may have been one of the worst nights the stable had ever had. Despite outnumbering Nile 1 to 20, she beat Ava quickly and laid out all Schism grunts afterwards. Three sides of the ring were surrounded by mass Schism followers. After the match, Schism tried to attack Ivy, but got kicked around by the Diamond Mine star until they backed off. The Kree brothers then revealed themselves with Nile backstage. They then kidnapped Ava, laid down a challenge to the Dyad next week inside a steel cage. So, yeah, Ava looked okay. Yeah. Um, now, there were rumors of her release, which I found to be very suspicious, considering the source. That we had seen it from, but uh-huh. uh, you know she's not going anywhere. She she is where some of these other people were a, a year or two years ago, uh-huh. right? So if we're still doing this in a year or two, 
we could be talking about her in the main event having good matches. Like she could be, you know, your your next, uh, you know, uh, Kiana or or even Ivy. Maybe she's a year away from from getting to where Ivy is. Maybe a couple years away from from where some of these other girls are. But she's got potential. She's got got to give it time. Um, but yeah, this was a little. This was a bad look for the schism. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I didn't think Ava looked. Uh, bad at all. I, I think she, I think she looked fine. Uh, nothing more than fine, but she looked fine. She's still um, wooden. I think wooden. Wooden is a good way to say it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. She just doesn't seem super confident in much of what she's doing. But um, this was uh, I think working to the advantage of this match. I think this was more about you know the creeds doing the kidnapping afterwards. Yeah. Um, and and you know it was as much as Avis kind of knew it was a big win for Ivy. It put it made her she got a match on a big episode of nxt and she got a victory so that's good for her uh evolution as well um but yeah the, not, not a not a great look for the schism as they kind of got uh bitched around by one person so uh not great all right so we went to a heritage cup match with nathan frazier with tyler Bate as the second versus norm dar with metaphor after Davakato took out Tyler Bate in the second round, Nathan Frazier was left alone while Metaphor was fully independent in, in attendance. This went all the way to the sixth round. Noam Dar ducked a Phoenix Splash and then hit the Nova Roller for the deciding fall. So, uh, you know, a couple of notes here. Frazier had asked Bate to work as his second backstage before the match. During the commercial break in the second round, Davakato chokeslammed Bate onto the apron. This distraction allowed Dar to roll up Frazier for the first fall. Frazier nearly got a fall with a suicide dive, a springboard reverse DDT, and standing moonsault. Time expired, and Dar caught Frazier with a chief shot after the bell. The Heritage Cup champion grabbed his first fall off a superplex into the final cut in the fourth round. Last legend grabbed the leg of Frazier to save the Sky Supernova from a pinfall after a diamond cannonball to the floor in the fifth round. In the sixth round, Dar reversed the springboard DDT into a knee bar. Later, Metaphor found out Dar's next challenger would be determined in an eight-man tournament called the NXT Global Invitational. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just like the round thing that kind of does this gets to me. It's I'm a not stop a, and start. I definitely yeah, do. I'm not a big boxing fan. I'm not that I dislike boxing, but I just don't yeah. really watch it unless there's like a ginormous fight going on, right? But, you know, I, I do appreciate the talent involved in this. Um, yeah, I thought this was was fine for what it was i mean you know what what are your thoughts yeah this is definitely one of the more exciting versions of this that we've seen so far mm-hmm. since it's kind of been brought over so this is definitely probably one of the better uh nxt heritage cup matches we've seen but um yeah interesting to go back to noam i think noam benefits a lot more from having it than i mean i think nathan frazier also benefited from having it as well but i think that's like a, just it's become such a part of noam that like it's kind of weird to see him without it uh, at the same time, so um, yeah, I, I think giving it back to him was probably the best move for Metaphor and for the cup itself. So um, I, I I think Noam's the best at this type of match because I feel like I in one of your notes earlier that you talked about, I feel like he kind of gets better as the rounds go on. Like he doesn't tire out. He kind of uh, it kind of like makes him get real stronger. That it it's keeps mm-hmm. going. So. Um, he may not always win, but uh, he he definitely finishes uh, a little stronger than he may may start in these matches. So, um, but yeah, probably the best version we've seen of that match, but definitely good. 
All right. So then we get Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton meeting her future challengers. Tiffany Stratton is in the ring talking about herself until Gigi Dolan, Kenna James, Blair Davenport, and Roxanne Perez all lay claim to an NXT Women's Championship shot, slot shot. Then the prodigy then caught the center of the universe with a right hand before a brawl struck out. Stratton promised to be a better NXT Women's Champion than Bailey, Oscar, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair, but the man was never NXT Women's Champion. Stratton later corrected that mistake by announcing a number one contender, a fatal four-way match for next week. Lynch then responded to Stratton on, on Twitter, setting up a potential huge appearance in the future by the man. Also backstage, we got Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey continuing to abuse Miles Bourne during their training sessions. So we get this, uh, you know, Tiffany, we're trying to figure out who her next challenger is after Thea, you know, had her little shot, right? Um, what do you, what do you thought of this with, you know, and were these the, the women, you know, that you think, was there anybody missing from this grouping with, uh, you know, Gigi, Kiana, Blair, and Roxanne? Was there anybody that, was there anybody that shouldn't have been in that, in that group? I, I don't, I don't quite know if, uh, I don't quite know if Gigi's getting enough wins, uh, to kind of yeah. be in this. I, I like her a lot, but I, I don't think. Uh, she's one winning and and even Kiana maybe a little bit of a stretch a little bit but um but she's getting better for sure and she seems to be racking up some wins so well part of uh, it too there's the injury bug in the women's division in yeah, that's true too. absolutely mm-hmm. so yeah there's not a ton of people that I could see like legitimately being competition for Tiffany at this point like Roxanne I think could probably and you convinced me that Blair would be but I don't think they'd do the heel heel thing to do a title change so um yeah, yeah. And Ly- Lyra's busy with what's going on with Rhea and stuff so yeah and like you said the injury bug you know Nikita's out souls out so um and Cora obviously just went out as well so and, and uh Wendy too yeah and Wendy's out as well um but just you know it, it'll be nice to get some of these people back so it can kind of flesh out uh, who's going to be who's going to kind of emerge and be that next contender for. But, um, yeah, uh, Roxanne's really the only one that kind of stuck out to me as a possible actual person that could probably beat Tiffany if it came to it. All right. So we get Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio versus Lyra Valkyria and Dragon Lee. While Lyra challenged Ripley throughout, it took a surprise appearance from Raquel Rodriguez to take the Eradicator out. This allowed Dragon Lee to pin Dominic Mysterio off a tilt-a-whirl reverse DDT. Um, every second of Ripley versus Valkyria in that match was a must-watch. They have great chemistry. Um, there's also from some fun sequences between Dirty Dom and Dragon. The transition uh, to the men's wrestling was a little awkward, and, and it could have been a bit better. But the win sets up Dragon to challenge again for the North American Championship, while Mustafa Ali also waits in the wings. Um in a private locker room, Ali warned Dom that he was next up to challenge him for the North American Championship earlier. And also uh, in the match, Lyra rocked Ripley with a series of kicks. And when the Eradicator tried to powerbomb her, the, uh, she nearly got caught with a roll-up. So I thought this was a fun match. Uh, I was, uh, wasn't was expecting um, uh, Raquel to show up, but I'm kind of digging this. I don't think it takes anything away. You know, look, people can can you know say because they do similar things not similar things but you know in AEW, it's like maybe it's because we watch nxt every week and we watch you know raw and smackdown we know who everybody is when it's like hey this person is here uh, in AEW from ring of honor da, 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 and 
and and everybody you know with a thousand titles over there i have no idea who half these freaking people are so that's that's where they lose me a lot of times is when i have it on and i'm like i have no I'm, am i supposed to know this person is, is this like what what is happening here but here it's like you know when people show up from either what either direction it kind of means something it matters yeah obviously it matters more when it's somebody from the main roster who you know shows up in nxt especially an nxt alumni um but yeah i thought that was great and i love that uh you know uh Rhea, Rhea you know sometimes is presented a little too strong yeah and i do enjoy it when she kind of gets uh some comeuppance which which is what happened here so yeah i know but i enjoyed this this uh this match yeah, I mean, it, it. Yeah, anytime somebody comes down from the main roster, it's, it, it can only benefit NXT unless it's somebody just squashing uh, people and just, you know, killing them and stuff like that. So um, it, 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 unless it's something like that, it, it obviously isn't doing any good. But anytime you can get somebody that's recognizable from Raw or SmackDown down there, it's uh, it's always a good – it's usually a pretty good move. Um, but the match was really good. Um, like Like – like you said, the uh, women were really good. They seemed to have pretty good chemistry with each other. Um, I don't know if they like knew each other before and wrestled before, uh, but they came to WWE or something like that. But um, they seemed to have pretty good chemistry with each other. Um, and then, you know, Dragon Lee's always impressive. It's good to see him get a win. Um, I don't think Dom gets hurt in this by losing. It's a tag match, so it's, it's nothing, nothing huge. Um, and he's, you know, he didn't have... Rhea there at the end to save him, so uh, it obviously didn't turn out too well for him, like like it usually doesn't when she's not around. So, um, yeah, solid solid match uh, between mm-hmm. the four. All right, we move on to Baron Corbin versus Von Wagner. The match truly never gets going as a brawl breaks out beforehand. Baron Corbin threatens Mr. Stone, but Von Wagner saves him. Before he could send Corbin through the announce table, Braun speared him. Uh, Corbin and Breaker look like common allies at the end of it. And we have uh, backstage, we have J.C. Jane bonding with Thea Hale over their shared frustration with people laying them down. And Dijak warning Eddie Thorpe that the next meeting would break Thorpe's spirit. So before we move on to the uh, main event of the night, any thoughts on this continued Baron Corbin, Von Wagner, Braun Breaker, what are we doing, folks, thing? Uh, I mean, it, it didn't excite me any more than it did the previous week, I guess. But uh, the spear was sick. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, cool spot. So um, there is that. And then, you know, JC and uh, Thea seem to be uh, kind of teaming up at this point. So um, interesting to see where that uh, partnership may go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, bronze spears are reminding me of early Goldberg spears. Yeah, he just I... wrecks whoever he goes through. <laughs> Yeah, and I because I think the spear has become overused. I think mm-hmm. yeah. like I don't I don't love you know, you know Jenny will be pissed at me. I don't love that Charlotte uses the spear. You know Edge's spear I thought was good, but I never you know his his was. You know, and Edge is one of my favorite guys of all time. I, I never really loved it either. Roman's is still great, but you know Braun, you know I think he has the best spear going today. Yeah, I, I honestly personally think. So uh, the main event of this night is uh, NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes defending against Wesley. We get Wesley fighting hard, but he gets too aggressive. In the end, he misses a suicide dive, collides with the barricade. But just when he makes it back into the ring, Carmelo meets him and hits him with nothing but net to retain. They barely, uh, you know, they, 
you know, this had a lot of potential, but it was kind of quickened, I think, for TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, they barely got going before the finishing sequence goes in. Uh, you know, they maybe they should have had more than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in terms of like, this might have been probably one of the weaker bouts we may have seen from these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it was kind of was a clunky finish, but uh, he sold Lee sold the experience of Mello overcoming the pure emotion. Of, of Lee and the challenger, we need to go back to the drawing board to find a way to outsmart the A champion as well as outperform him. And then, uh, you know, earlier in the night, Trick had found Mello in the locker room, wished him luck, and there was some tension over the A champion blaming Trick for getting involved in his last title defense. So, yeah, I mean, look, like we said, neither guy can put on a bad match, but I think they weren't given the the right um, time. Like, they were kind of put in... The, uh, in in an unfavorable situation. And this, yeah, this should have been given more time, even if it was a TV match. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue with, I mean, it, it, it was a TV match in the end, so it wasn't going to give the time that it deserved. Um, but yeah, it was only like 12 minutes and there was a commercial in the middle of, I mean, it does the picture in picture stuff, but I don't even pay attention when it's in picture in picture. Cause I don't, I don't want to have to look at the little screen and pay attention mm-hmm. to that kind of stuff. So I hate, I hate that. It, I mean, I, I, I get it and I appreciate it in, in a way, but I, I don't, I don't, I usually skip past it anyway, cause nothing happens. Um, but yeah, I, it, if for it to only be 12 minutes and to have a commercial break in the middle, I think it was the best match that they could put on. Um, definitely not the best match, not the best version of the match they could have, but uh, with the time constraints and it being TV and all, I think they did really, really well. Um, but I would like to see this one definitely get a PLE kind of stage and uh, let them blow it out of the park even more. All right. So I'm moving on to the NXT show from August 29th. And we start off with a steel cage match, the Creed versus the Dyad. Uh, Schism followers grab Bruce Creed and carry him away, leaving Julius Creed alone against Jagger Reed and Rafala inside the cage. Brutus finally gets back to the match, ripping off the door, basically, <laughs> to get inside, which was a, a sick. You know, and Julius uh, was holding his own. He's a beast as well. These guys, you know, these guys are going to be huge once they finally get up to the main roster. Uh, Bruce finally gets back in the match in time to hit a Bruce bomb and side by side uh, low clothesline with his brother to get the win. Um, you know, this was uh, the, the use of the cage was really good because, you know, he got he got to use the door as a weapon, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, you know, it was while it was a wild match that built to a, a furious climax that had the fans on their feet. Uh, with uh, during the match with Fowler and ankle lock, Julius used just one arm to power bomb Reed in one of the most impressive moves. Ridiculous! <laughs> yeah, you know, the ripping open the door cage by Bruce was pretty awesome. And then uh, Ava had walked out after the loss, and Ivy came in to celebrate after the win. So uh, I thought this this was a tremendous match. Lots of great storytelling in there. Creeds look like uh, you know. Of absolute beast in there, and again, the the dyad, you know, still was in there performing, uh, you know, up to the level we we've come to know of the match. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, just just an awesome match. The one arm power bomb is one of the sickest, most ridiculous spots I've ever seen. Just absolute 
brute strength by uh, Julius there. He's awesome. I, I, I look forward I, I look forward to them being a tag team for many years, but uh, maybe way, way down the line, he can be a single star, and I think he'll absolutely kill it and be awesome and great. Uh, I'd have a ton of success, so he's, he's just a beast. Um, but Brutus coming back in the end of the match and ripping the door off and doing his stuff, uh, he's really impressive as well. So, um, but I, this is, this ends up being it for the die. This is their last match, right? They don't appear after this. And is that correct, or do they do it? Uh, I think so. Time? I think this might this might be a, a you know, I, I I'm not sure if they appear in a backstage or anything. But yeah, this is yeah. their last match, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it wasn't a stipulation or anything like that, but it it, it ends up being their last match. So. They got out with a pretty really or a really really good match um, with a team that they have a ton of chemistry with. So um, we appreciate <laughs> you you Dyad for not giving up uh, despite maybe not having anything goes your, go your way because you uh, killed it for like the last four or five months uh, that you could have mailed it in. And so uh, very very well done and best of luck to you in the future. Yes, in your endeavors. Um, All right, so we move on to the uh, the opening match of the Global Heritage Invitational with Butch versus Charlie Dempsey, accompanied by Drew Gulak and Damon Kemp. Before the match, NXT showed a video package highlighting the rules of the Invitational as a round-robin format akin to the G1 Climax in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but shorter. The participants were confirmed as Group A, Charlie Dempsey, Butch, Tyler Bate, and Axiom. Group B, Nathan Frazier, Joe Coffey, Duke Hudson, and Akira Tozawa. So uh, a couple of uh, visitors from the uh, the main roster. Uh, I love seeing Butch back here. Uh, he's not, you know, he's he's getting over, he's, he's over on the main roster, but, you know, he's not in as many singles matches as I would like to see up there. And Tozawa has been appearing on TV a little bit. And he's a guy, you know what, you throw him in there, he'll, he'll put on a solid match with these guys. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of a... Uh, you know, I'm okay with these uh, with these people in this grouping. Uh, so then we get into the match. We get Dempsey, who could not keep up with the technical offense of Butch, who put him away with the bitter end. Um, some notes uh, from earlier in the from the match and from backstage. Uh, the metaphor: watch the match from what was once the toxic lounge. Butch landed on his feet off a superplex attempt and then snapped the fingers of Dempsey. Later on, Fallon Henley convinced Miles Bourne to team up with Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen against Gulak, Dempsey, and Damon Kemp next week. Tyler Bate promised to win the Global Invitational, but first challenge got Dabakato next week to fight him. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this Global Heritage Invitational and this opening bout? Yeah, it definitely gives an interesting way to determine a new... Uh, New number one contender for Nolan. Um, I always love a tournament, uh, even though apparently, according to the wrestling business, they don't ever draw uh, anywhere. So, <laughs> um, but I, I always have loved a tournament. I always loved the King of the Ring. I'll, you know, uh, any championship that ends up being in a tournament, I always like. So, um, it, the and the Robin Robin style kind of gives it a, a different flair than a lot of the other tournaments that they have. Um, but yeah, definitely like seeing Butch down there uh, be involved. And, you know, even Tazal, like you said, he can bump around for the guys and he can have a good in-ring match at least. But even though, you know, he's mostly just a comedy guy on the main roster. So um, definitely interesting. Um, and I, I think it could be enjoyable going forward. Yeah. All right. So we get Ila Dragunov facing a new challenge in Oral Mensah. Uh, Dragunov tried to lay out the challenge to Carmelo Hayes, but no, I'm darn the metaphor, interrupted him. Do talk off the sky supernova. 
or Roman Saw agrees to a match with the Mad Dragon next week before the two brawled. Dragunov showed respect to Trick Williams for stepping up, even if he lost. And we get the Street Profits making a surprise appearance to congratulate Mello, who walked away to focus on the Mad Dragon. They also challenged the family. Uh, Dana Brooke, Kelani Jordan, Electra Lopez, and Lola Vice brawled behind him, which was pretty funny, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it was, was like, they're just like standing there like oh damn what's happening back there kind of thing and montez is just like oh i'm gonna get out the way <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm out um so then uh you know mellow asked trick if he thought he could beat dragon off his friend confirmed that he knew that he could beat the mad dragon dragon lee won the next shot the north american uh championship but mustafa ali interrupted Ali's his own claim to the title von wagner laid out a challenge to Braun breaker for a nose qualification match next week Later, Breaker warned Baron Corbin to stay out of his business. So a lot's going on here. People, everybody's challenging everybody. Right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of crazy challenges here. A lot of matches set up. A lot of a lot of brawls uh, backstage, even though people are talking. Uh, yeah, so a couple of solid segments back to back to back, and just a bunch of stuff set up. Yeah, kind, for, kind uh, of next like, episode. Mm. Kind of like a reset Good. a little bit, or like, like you know, with after. All right, we had Heat Wave. We had some big matches. Now we're going to move forward and start building towards. Uh, uh, no, was it No Mercy is an XPLE, no right? Mercy. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So, which we will talk about yeah. on our next episode. Um, mm-hmm. if we, when we get there in like three years. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, It'll I'm, come out in January. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> God, I hope not. Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh, uh, this is a lot, guys. But no, this is great. This is good stuff because we're trying, we, you know, we really care about this and we really want to make sure we don't uh, skip over anything. So we want to make sure we're, we're covering everything to, uh, you know, keep it going here. All right. So Dana Brooke and Killian Jordan versus Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. Electra and Lola look like a lethal combination. Dana Brooke and Kalani could not match their team chemistry. We get Lola and Electra hitting a combination roundhouse kick and spine buster on Jordan for the win. The crowd is fully behind Vice while booing Brooke when she got involved. After a loss, Brooke screams in frustration about another failure. Then we move on to uh, Dijak versus Eddie Thorpe. Dijak tried every shortcut to head Eddie Thorpe, and it paid off as he used the steel chair to distract the referee. This allowed him to knock out his rival with a, a belt-loaded fist and hit the discus big boot to win. So uh, twice now, uh, Dijak has picked up the victory over Eddie Thorpe, but this time it was a little bit messy. Given the dirty finish, Eddie will probably get one more shot at him and should it should have a stipulation. So maybe we'll get a bull rope match or something similar. So, yeah, I, I'm starting to dig this tag team of Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. Like you said, uh, Lola is going to be the star out of the two. And Dana is, you know, she's getting a reaction. Let's just say that way. You know, the crowd is either, you know, wants to hate her or they're just they just want her off the screen. Either way, she they're they're booing her. So um, what are your thoughts on that? And then the Dijak Eddie Thorpe, Eddie Thorpe match. Yeah, th- this is Eddie Thorpe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you're normal. Eddie Thorpe. Yeah, <laughs> get a little bust in there. Um, anyway, no, this is this is where I kind of think Lola kind of emerged. I think she looked really good in this match. Um, didn't get a ton of time, uh, but they were de- that was definitely the point of the match was to kind of get that team over. Uh, despite the other side kind of being the more uh, story based uh, side of things. Um, and then Dijak and Eddie, uh, 
didn't get as much time this time. Uh, I think it was still a solid match, but obviously Dijak continues to somewhat cheat or uh, use nefarious means to get the victory. So, like you said, it's obviously leading to something uh, where hopefully it, uh, hopefully Eddie will uh, eventually get a victory and kind of emerge uh, from that. All right. Uh, wicked high. D- Dijak is, uh, you know, hitting, up, uh, hitting yeah. Eddie Thop. Eddie Thop. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Wicked piss out of a match. All right. Anyway, moving on to the Global Heritage Invitational. Nathan Fraser versus Joe Coffey this time. And a somewhat shocking result, Joe Coffey ducked the Phoenix Splash and hit all the best of the bells to defeat Nathan Fraser clean. Um, the former Heritage Cup winner made the Gallus Boy look like a beast, and Wolfgang and Mark Coffey actually never had to get involved. Uh, during the match, Joe crashes to the outside, allowing Frazier to hit a tope and the springboard frog splash for a near fall. Uh, Vic Joseph said that Duke Hudson versus Akira Tozawa from, from Group B would happen on NXT level up. Then we get a tribute video to Bray Wyatt, who just passed away at this time. Really sad, uh, really unexpected. Uh, you know, that was, it was nice to see because Bray, you know, I'm I, I haven't. Uh, been in my NXT rewatch for a bit, but I am still in the um, probably in the, in the first few months of the Wyatt family uh, as a parent. And Bray was killing it from the beginning. I love the original, like kind of that that guy from like you know the swamp and the cult leader thing. And he was he was killing it from the get go. Yeah. So what a guy he will be missed. Um, and uh. You know, a couple more little backstage notes before I get your thoughts. We get Umberto going to Angel's home, and they agreed that the former's grandfather had sent them a message, stay together. They will return next week. Dominic Mysterio announced he would be a special guest referee for Dragon Lee versus Mustafa Ali, where the winner would fight him in no mercy. Thea Hale skipped the latest Chase U class and then went out with J.C. Jane. So, yeah, lots of... Uh, so, first we had the uh, the uh, Global Heritage Invitation, uh, the Nathan Frazier versus Joe Coffee match. And then some of the uh, the backstage stuff. So any thoughts to share on those? Yeah, a lot of storyline progression. I, I like the continued thing with uh, Angel and Umberto. Um, and then obviously Dom's going to be the guest referee, so he can kind of uh, decide who uh, his challenger is going to be at the uh, at the PLE. But I thought the uh, Global Heritage match was really good. This is one of the best Joe Coffee matches I've seen. Honestly, I thought he looked really good in this. Um, is this the match where like Nathan Frazier almost gets his head taken off when he goes into the ropes and his head like ricochets back? You know. What I'm yeah, about? I think so. Yeah. I remember watching it like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, because he he he's so fast that he like went a little too fast uh, at one point and his head like went outside the rope and uh, whiplash real bad. So um, yeah, scary moment there for sure. But uh, yeah, really good match. Uh, and like I said, I think it's one of my. One of my favorite Joe Coffee matches I've seen, so um, yeah, of somebody that I don't just super prefer. Uh, so I, I thought it was very good. All right, so then we got our main event for this episode with number one contender match: a fatal four-way: Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport versus Gigi Dolan versus Keanu James. After Roxanne Perez hits Pop Rocks on Blair Davenport, Keanu James caught the prodigy with the 401k. She then hit Gigi Dolan with an inverted low stomp face buster to take the win. And we get a face-off uh, post-match of, of Keanu James and Tiffany Stratton. A uh, few notes from the match. East competitors said their piece throughout the night to hype this main event. James added a new wrinkle to her entrance with an animated helicopter. 
Perez nearly flipped all three competitors into a Boston crowd, but Davenport broke it up. Then at the end we get uh, of the night, we get Wesley leaving a message for Carmella Hayes that he would get a rematch. And the show ended with Melo telling Shawn Michaels that they needed to talk. So I thought this was fine this far away. Um, I was a little surprised at Kiana winning this. I was thought, thinking it would be Roxanne or maybe even Gigi and kind of a fluke. I wasn't expecting Kiana. I didn't think uh, Blair was there yet, uh, at least in her time there. But I, I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, Kiana kind of steals the win. But, yeah. you know, she's been looking better and stronger. And I think, yeah, she's she's uh, earned her shot. And then uh, what are we doing with uh, Carmelo uh, at the end of the show? So what are your thoughts to close this episode? Yeah, Kiana was definitely a surprise uh, winner. Um, she went up by nefarious means, kind of threw Roxanne out after uh, as she was about to pick up the win. So uh, it was a good way to play it. And I think the crowd got excited to see Roxanne maybe win or uh, Gigi maybe win. But uh, obviously, Kiana comes in and steals it. Um, yeah, I could have seen them going with Gigi um, just to kind of give her a title shot, give her a big, big stage. Um but Roxanne was really the only other person that I thought could possibly win. But they gave Kiana, they give Kiana the shot here. So um, they obviously trust her and she is getting better and she's definitely uh, improving a lot. So um, interesting to see her and, you know, the heel hill dynamics kind of different as well. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see them face off. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what uh, Carmelo had to talk to Shawn Michaels about, but um, definitely an interesting way to end the show. All right. So then on the episode right after Labor Day on September 5th, you get the show opens with the NXT Women's Championship match, Keanu James versus Tiffany Stratton. Um, we end up getting uh, Tiffany ends up uh, winning with the double jump moonsault uh, with retaining it. And we get, um, you know, this was a this was a decent match. I mean, I thought Kiana, uh, you know, held her own here and we get post post match. We get Stratton celebrating with the title. And Becky Lynch appears on the Tron talking about how the NXT Women's Championship is one accolade that escaped her. And it's time that the man come around to NXT to challenge Tiffany. So next Tuesday, she'll be wrestling for the title in the main event of the show. And then we also see Carmella Hayes walking up to the building when Wesley rolls up and they have a brief wordless conversation, confrontation. So any uh, anything to share on Keanu James versus Tiffany uh, in their actual match here? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't anything great or anything like that. It, it was perfectly fine. Um, it was just to get Stratton another another big win, um, and obviously to set up the uh, post match interaction with Becky on the video screen. So um, definitely, definitely a big match to look forward to. Um, I think Stratton had been at uh, Raw and Payback, or she was at least at Payback and kind of talked to Becky in the backstage. So. Um, Definitely, definitely seems that they have a lot of faith in uh, Tiffany, um, and they have a lot of plans for her in the future. So, um, definitely a big match, and having Becky come in next week. So, a really solid opener to that. And then the conversation with Carmelo and Wes just continues to push that forward. All right, and we get the uh, the Creed brothers and Ivy Nile restoring Diamond Mine Dojo and talking about their plans to regain the tag titles. We get the D'Angelo family rolling up, and they all crack wise at each other before Julius thanks them for keeping an eye out for Ivy Nile. Then we get Idris Nofe and Malik Blade coming in, and they say they actually deserve the title shot more, and the bickering continues. It moves on to Ilya Dragunov versus Oral Mensah, 
And we get uh, Ilila winning by pinfall with the torpedo Moscow. Moscow, how's that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Um, then we get up. Uh, you know, we'll we'll do the next thing in, in a second. So yeah, it's good to see the creeds back with Ivy. Uh, we're starting to, I guess, build up to see who the next uh, contenders for the D'Angelo's belts will be. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, Ilya versus Oro. You know, you knew this was going to be fairly, uh, uh, you know, one-sided for the most part. I mean, Oro did get some offense in, but you knew Dragunov was going to basically beat the crap out of him. So, uh, <laughs> any any thoughts on this? Yeah, Dragunov is awesome always, so he was going to have a good match with him. But I think Oro brought his end of it as well. But And then, yeah, the interaction backstage with the Creed's. And the D'Andro family and Idris and Anofe obviously is setting up some kind of uh, maybe multi-team match to kind of set up who the uh, D'Angelo family is going to face at No Mercy, probably. Yeah. All right. So then we get Wesley coming out. Uh, Say so normally let him know in the back, but he had to come out and tell him his date with Destiny and we'll have to wait because he's got next shot at Carmelo Hayes. Dragunov then tells him he's a ferocious competitor, but he's mistaken because he's going to rip through everyone who stands in his way. Then we get Carmelo Hayes coming out, and he's saying that he knows two dudes who jerseys he hung up in the rafter aren't talking about beating him. And last week he had a conversation with Shawn Michaels where he got all the advice he needed to hear. He tells Ilya that despite everything, there's no asterisk next to his win over them. Tells Wes the same thing. It said Lee took a risk and he took advantage. He says they're, they're the two top men in NXT, and the Heartbreak Man decided that they're going to have a number one contenders match next week. And we get backstage, Dominic Mysterio is tearing up little WWE rulebook before admiring his purple stripes referee shirt. Nathan Frazier is interviewed backstage, says he's gone viral. It would normally be cool, but he knows people are saying that he's too fast. And to that, he says never. He didn't get to NXT by holding back or slowing down, and he's not about to start. He makes his entrance. We go to break. Back from commercial, J.C. James giving Thea Hale a makeover and an image with dark eyeshadow and a weird dark neutral lipstick. We get Gigi Dolan rolling up to question J.C.'s moves. Thea unloads on her and says that she doesn't know her. Gigi admits that she doesn't know Hale, but she knows Jane, and she's just trying to help. So lots of storyline here. We get, you know, the setup of the number one contenders match between Ilya and Wesley. We get Dom, uh, you know, being... Uh, kind of, we know he's going to be a dick ref. We get Nathan <laughs> Frazier, and we get the Thea JC thing with Gigi kind of sticking her nose in there for a moment. Uh, anything on this uh, the story stuff? I, I thought Dominic's uh, custom Judgment Day uh, referee shirt was pretty sick, so mm-hmm. I, I, I like that touch. Um, but yeah, just a segment with uh, all the NXT title guys. Um, really solid segment uh, set up. Another big, huge match for next week with Ilya and Wes uh, for the number one contendership. So another great match to look forward to on next week's episode on top of uh, Stratton and uh, Lynch. So um, any other couple of backstage segments, we're just going to set up stuff that uh, later in the night. So um, Thea Hale and JC, I'm, I'm interested to see that partnership go forward, see what that's all about. So, um, but yeah, not, nothing too crazy, but uh, just to set up stuff in the future. All right, so then we get Duke Hudson versus Nathan Frazier in a Global Heritage Invitational Group B match. And we end up with Nathan Frazier getting the pinfall with a Phoenix Splash, earning two points. We go back to the Diamond Dojo. Hank and Tank are talking about what makes a good tag team and enthusiastically asking them if they do the same things. Bronco Nima and Lucian Price roll up, and the two new teams bicker each other. 
Scripps rolls up to talk his boys up. Then we get Dava Kato versus Tyler Bate. Bate probing uses his speed and educated feet, but Kato blasts him and grabs a Cobra Clutch, swinging him around. Short arm pop-up into a boss man slam backbreaker hold. Tyler gets fired up, gets the big man up in an airplane spin. And then Tyler Bate wins by pinfall with a corkscrew senton atomico. So, yeah, big men don't uh, always uh, always do well here. But um, <laughs> any any thoughts on the Duke Hudson-Nathan Frazier match or the, uh, you know, Hank and Tank and uh, Neymar Price um confrontation or dava versus tyler yeah the big guys didn't fare too well in these uh, back-to-back matches yeah. so um but nathan was desperate uh, i think at this point duke had beat uh tozawa on level up so every, uh joe and uh duke had had two points so he needed to get some points here um so good to see him be desperate and uh, pull it out um over a, a larger competitor of course um hang a tank and uh Nima and Price just throw their name in in the in the running uh, to also challenge for the tag titles as well. So, um, and then you know the confusing booking of Dabakato. Obviously, Bate is in this uh, Global Heritage uh, Invitational, so uh, he probably needs to get this win. But just definitely weird that they squashed this in into in, into the tournament and uh, while Bate is in the tournament and have this just strange match on the side. So. Um, obviously paid off a feud that they had had, but just uh, another conv- confusing booking of Davocado for sure. <laughs> yes, certainly. So we get uh, Dominic Mysterio rolling up on Carmelo Hayes, tries to relate to him, champion, champion, but he's just a smug butthead like always. <laughs> this is what the guy wrote. Uh, Mysterio makes his entrance. Then we get Lyra and Roxanne Tack talking about how much they dislike Dom when Keon James comes stomping through throwing stuff. Perez tells her to relax and be grateful for the opportunity. And James says she took it from her and she'll do it again and again and again. Fight breaks out and the other women in the rock locker room pull it apart as we go to break. But we come back. We have Baron Corbin cutting a promo talking about how if you want to be something special then play with the big boys, you got to go out and make some noise. If you want to see Braun Breaker and Von Wagner destroy each other, then pick up the scraps. Tiffany storms through the backstage and brushes off an interview. And then we move to uh, Dragon Lee versus Mustafa Ali for the NXT North American Championship No. 1 Contenders match. All right, so we'll talk about that. Uh, anything on any of the storyline stuff with, with Lyra, Roxanne, uh, you know, talking Kiana or Baron Corbin or Tiffany? I mean, just a bunch of storyline stuff. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing super standout and all of that, but just stuff to push um more more of that stuff forward nothing nothing super exciting all right so we get our, our number one contender match here um and we ends up uh getting with uh you know dragon lee going in and back out and getting a huge layer from ali back inside tornado ddt but lee kicks out passing dragon into the post half nelson lifts in the rose vertical suplex jack hammer then we get lee gets up liger bomb Dragon starts arguing with Dom. Ali takes advantage, and Mustafa Ali wins by pinfall with a victory roll and a fast count, becoming number one contender for the North American Championship. Mysterio raises Ali's hand, and Mustafa drops him with a lariat before talking to Lee and seemingly say he didn't want to win like that and getting out of dodge. Then we get Trick Williams backstage when Dragunov rolls up the chat. He said he meant every word last week, and Ilya asks him why he lied to Carmella about whether he could beat him, and Trick says Hayes beat him, and he can beat him again. And then we get Butch uh, making his entrance as we go to break. 
So, uh, you know, the Dragon Lee Ali match was pretty good. I thought, you know, it makes the, I think, uh, again, another Dragon Lee loss. Uh, but Mustafa Ali's got to win at some point also and get through here. And then, you know, we continue on with this trick and dragon off thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mustafa needs to get that one-on-one shot. Um, and obviously Dragon Lee lost because Domin- Dominic had a fast count. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's obviously a story there. Um, I don't expect Mustafa to beat Dominic at no mercy. So um, we'll probably get another Dragon Lee uh, Dominic Mysterio match uh, at some point um, after that match is kind of over. Um, and then, yeah, they continue the trick, Ilya, Ilya feud conversation and all that kind of stuff. So Trick still believes in his boy, uh, despite them not being really partners much anymore um, and doesn't think that Ilya can beat him. All right. So then we get um, back from commercial. Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey, and Damon Kemp working out when Miles Bourne rolls up to do his job as their they're, uh, they're, you know, Aaron Boy, basically. They mm-hmm. all give him crap for going behind their back to Fallon Henley, and Drew tells him he better make his opportunity count. Then we get Axiom versus uh, Butch with, uh, let's see, boom, 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 boom. Uh, it goes to a time limit draw. Actually, I, I didn't, I don't remember much about this match. I think I, I hadn't had a chance to really sit and watch this one. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on this match? Because I imagine it was, I should go back and watch it. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, I, I'm not a huge fan of draws just in general, but um, it it had a reason for being that way, um, I, I guess you could say. Um, but I thought it was very good for the in-ring quality of it all. Um, like I said, I'm not, just not a huge fan of time limit draws, but I thought the in-ring action throughout was really good, and they seem to have a chemistry with each other. So, uh, I, yeah, I would go back and watch it for sure. All right. So we get uh, both men square up and bump fists. Tyler Bay comes to the ramp to stare down Butch and wave. Then we get uh, footage from earlier of Von Wagner where he preemptively apologized to the announce table for what he's going to do to it tonight. Then we get uh, uh, Gigi Dolan making her entrance. Back from commercial, the Angel family are talking about all their potential contenders when Humberto and Angel roll up to stake their claim. Finally, a ball breaks out in the Diamond Dojo. Then we get Gigi Dolan versus Thea Hale. And Thea ends up winning by submission with the double wrist lock. We get Ivy returning to the dojo, shocked at the aftermath of the mayhem, and the Creed simply tell her they're glad to be back. Then we get Von Wagner and Braun Breaker walking backstage, and we go to break. So, you know, we continue on with the tag team uh, stuff, kind of uh, trying to figure out who the next contenders are going to be. We get an okay match with Gigi and Thea. Thea continues her submission ways. And then, uh, you know, Vaughn and Braun are about to, uh, you know, are gonna gonna throw down. So, uh, any anything to add on that? They're gonna wreck shop. Um, yeah, not not a bad match between Thea and Gigi, but obviously to get a somewhat new heel character of uh, Thea over. So, um, mm-hmm. definitely definitely an important thing for that. Um, trying trying to see if she can pull off heel. Uh, as her partnership with JC yeah. continues to grow, obviously. And then, yeah, the last little hype before Vaughn and Braun have their big uh, no-DQ match. Blah. Couldn't get that out. <laughs> and we get uh, Kalani Jordan uh, chatting with Lyra Valkyria. Lyra's advising her that's only a fourth match and she shouldn't beat herself up. And then Dana rolls up, kind of uh, is a little jealous, and Dana's saying they're friends and a team and won't be broken up. 
Lyra says she doesn't have an issue with, with Dana, but if she wanted to have a match, all she had to do was ask. And maybe Jordan will need to see if she can find some better friends. Tiffany cuts a promo about her match against Becky next week. And we get uh, our main event here, which is Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner in a no DQ match. Um, moving forward into it, we get, uh, you know, Braun sets up a chair on the mat and goes to the top, diving Bulldog into the chair. And the straps are down, fighting over the kendo stick, trading huge clubbing lariats, big gut buster from Braun. Braun sidesteps, Breaker charges right into the chair in the corner and goes uh, down, clutching his head. Stepping on a chair to keep Braun from grabbing it, Wagner unloads with the kendo stick shots, throws it away, broken, ramming him with the chair, big choke slam, not enough. On the floor, Wagner throws Breaker through the set, dragging Braun over to the announce desk, clearing it. Breaker slips out, and they trade punches and kicks. Pop up, Von Wagner tails him, throwing Braun back inside. Fireman's carry. He slips out, but a low blow from Braun Breaker, who ends up hitting him with a spear. Post-match, Braun presses the attack and beats Von with a chair before throwing him into the steps. Setting his head up on the bottom step, he picks up the top step and swings at Wagner, and the screen goes black because there's no way to safely work that kind of stair spot, and you probably shouldn't even try to fake it like this, but... You know, it's supposed to be bad. So, uh, any anything to add on, um, you know, I mean, we could kind of skip over some of the Tiffany. It was a typical promo, right? And this Braun and and Vaughn match was actually pretty good. And I did not see this uh, this finish coming. Not that Braun, I didn't think Braun was going to win, but the fact that we were going to they were going to do a spot that's so bad that we couldn't even see it, and they couldn't even try to. To take it, like, like, it has to be probably one of the, um, you know, most brutal spots that I've never, that I've ever never seen before. You know I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the matches are way better than I thought it had any chance of being. Um, it's just great stuff, great brawl, uh, weapons and all, uh, power bomb through the table. Um, I kind of thought Vaughn would get the win here. Uh, a little bit for some reason. I keep thinking Braun's going to the main roster and he keeps just seeming not to. So um, I, I don't really know what their plan is with him to eventually do that. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, this is one where I thought maybe they put over a, a kind of newer guy to the kind of higher tier of the of the of the roster um, to kind of you know put put him over over obviously one of the bigger stars on the NXT roster. Um, but Braun wins, um, and then he does the brutal uh, stare spot that you can't even show, obviously. Um, and there were like reports that like this went wrong, and he actually kind of hit him a little bit more than he intended to. I think that was all BS, and you know it may have happened a little bit, but it wasn't like damaging or anything like that. He didn't like really hurt uh, Vaughn worse than it, it was supposed to be, like storyline wise. So I think that was all crap uh, that came out afterwards. But yeah, brutal spot. But um, yeah, this match was a lot better than I thought it had any chance of being for sure. All right, so now we move on to the show from September twelfth. We get our number one contender for an NXT Championship match. We have Dragonall versus Wesley. It was a hard fart match by West, but he could not connect with the cardiac kick. Ilya then did connect with a pair of running farm smashes to take the win. Afterwards, Carmelo Hayes walked out to stare down his next challenger. Um, 
you know, then we get a, you know, this would could be uh, round two, uh, the rematch here, which maybe could go in a different direction, right? Um, and then we get a lot of this is awesome chance here. We get uh, Wesley nearly taking a win with a running spash fly. Mad Dragon caused a point off the cardiac kick, but Lee reverses into a, a tornado DDT. And uh, after the loss, Lee looked dejected and angry. And uh, Dominic made fun of Mel last week, so the A-Champion had challenged Dirty Dom to a match next week. And then Lee ended up clearing out his locker, walked out of the arena with his wife. It seemed like he may not come back. So, yeah, I thought this was a good match. Uh, you know, I really didn't know which direction they were going to go in. But, uh, you know, Wesley, I guess there's more of a story to tell with him there. And then Dragunov. I think if Dragunov doesn't win at the uh, in, in the rematch, I think that's it for him. He's got he's got to go. Yeah. Right? There's no nothing else really for him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This is this is kind of a this is kind of a shitter get off the pot kind of match. Like you know, it, it's uh, whoever loses is obviously headed for something uh, bigger and on the main roster because like. You know, if Carmelo loses, there's really not anything else for him to do. Maybe a rematch to, you know, just a rematch clause like everybody else does with a championship. But if he loses, he's got to go up. And if Dragunov loses, there's really nothing else for him to do. I mean, he can continue to put on great matches, but at some point there just stops being a purpose to any of that. So, yeah, this this match is uh, going to be uh, whoever loses ends up going to the main roster. I think it's more likely to be Dragunov, but... We'll see. Yeah. All right. So then we get Baron Corbin trying to show respect to Braun Breaker for the brutal attack. He calls him out and congratulates him for his ruthless actions against Von Wagner last week. The uh, Braun refuses to accept the praise, telling him that he did not care about his respect. The two agreed to a match at No Mercy on September 30th. And then we get uh, Drew Gulag, Charlie Dempsey, and Damon Kemp versus Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and Miles Bourne. Although Miles Bourne seemed to be on the same page as Josh Briggs with Bush Jen- Brooks Jensen, initially he sent Jensen to the steel post. This sets up Damon Kemp for a win with a German suplex. Bourne then celebrates with Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey, and Damon Kemp. Before the finish, Bourne protected Fallon Henley on the outside, and some sparks may have flown between the two of them. Andre Chase are backstage looking for Thea Hale and can't find her. Uh, two men backstage made fun of Hale, and J.C. Jane stood up to her. Hale said that she needed to change her look next week. So, I mean, I mean, this match, uh, well, I mean, the whole Baron thing, you know, we're going to see him and Braun at the next uh, PLE. That uh-huh. should be fine. Uh, I, you know, I really didn't care much about this uh, six-man match because I'm kind of like a Miles Bourne heel turn. Like, why do I, what does that even mean to me? But... <laughs> Maybe we could get Fallon uh, turning at some point with the little chemistry there because there was never there was never anything between her and Josh, right? Yeah. And these are these are a couple of guys too. Like, what else is there for them down there, right? Are they are they are they ready for the for the? Or are they going to be spinning their wheels at NXT for a little while? Uh, any thoughts on this one? It really seems like they're spinning their wheels a lot lately. It seemed as they got back that they probably get pushed uh, into being maybe the title contenders with Gallus and all that, but they just kind of been losing and not really doing much. Yeah. There might be something with Fallon and miles uh, in the future, but it just submitted miles as being part of this new shooter faction with all these other guys. 
Uh, so there is that. Uh, I, don't, I won't say the match was super exciting or anything like that. It was real quick, too. It wasn't very long. Um, and I don't know. I like Braun and I like Baron, but I'm not like super excited to see a heel-heel matchup with them, too. I think they could probably have a good match, but um, just wrestling mind-wise, I just don't think that that makes a ton of sense. But maybe it'll be good, and we'll see. <laughs> Maybe you're Von Wagner showing up in like a hospital gown with bandages on his head to like get involved in the match. Yeah, something. have like a have like a uh, mask made out of a cast or something like that, and just destroying everybody. So. Yeah, and have like Robert Stone holding his IV or something as he yeah. goes in. <laughs> oh God, what are we doing? He, All he right. does a double one arm power bomb to both of them. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh yeah, it's not Julius. Uh, so yeah, then we got uh, Lyra Valkyria versus Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke could not focus enough to stay in his fight. She flipped into a roundhouse kick from Lyra Valkyria, who sealed the win with a diving splash. It was mostly a squash. Both women, uh, you know, could do what they could, but it was mostly a one-sided affair. Yeah, Lyra is basically, if you're if you're looking on the depth chart, she's got to be your number one woman babyface on the brand, right? If you if you're saying the depth chart, would you say that is anybody maybe Roxanne maybe is a contender, but I think Lyra's had more wins, maybe or more more big moments than than Roxanne has the last few months. Yeah, and she's a little bit more consistent with her wins. It's not like get a win, lose, get a win, lose, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I def, they're definitely her and Roxanne are definitely one and two. It just depends, probably depends on the day or the episode, uh, what you would think. But Lyra's definitely uh, at least the second or first uh, a baby face for sure. And we, we had uh, some some dueling chants going on of "Let's go, Dana!" and "Dana sucks" in this match. After the match, uh, Brooke shook uh, hands with Lyra and then tried to attack her, but Kalani stopped her. And then we have a Thorpe trying to refocus the interview, but Dijak appeared on video making fun of him and smacking a nearby tree with his belt. Move on to a global heritage, heritage invitational match, Tyler Bay versus Axiom. Uh, this competitive battle built to a furious conclusion with Axiom trying to counter each big move from Tyler Bay. However, he finally got taken down by a rebound clothesline and Tyler Driver 98. Beat pin defeat accident by pinfall and earned two points in the Heritage Invitational. Uh, anything to uh, add about the uh, um, the Lyra? You already gave your thoughts on yeah. Lyra, Dana. So the global and Taylor Tyler Bate Axiom. Anything to add? Yeah, well, the Eddie Thorpe thing and and Dijak. Dijak's obviously that's continuing, and they're going to have another match. We'll see what that leads to. Uh, in our next episode, but um, yeah, the, the Global Heritage match, um, it was a really another really good match. I feel like all these guys are really solid in-ring workers, so they're not going to have too bad of matches with each other, um, especially if given time, which this one got. So uh, Tyler Bates always always awesome, and Axiom sad to see him take so many losses and getting draws and stuff like that. I think he only ends up getting one win throughout this whole thing, so. Um, he seemed to kind of be going up uh, there for a while, but he seems kind of on a downtrend over the last month or so. So, um, but Bait, Bait and Butch were all probably always going to be the finals of this uh, group. So, looking forward to that match next week. All right. So then we uh, we move on to the Creed Brothers versus one of your favorite tag teams, Malik Blade and Idris Inoufe. 
those are your boys. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they came out hot in the match, but the Creed brothers would not be denied. Julius gets a hot tag to set up a combination powerbomb. Brutus bomb with Brutus Creed uh, to seal the win. Uh, It started off as a possible tag team finishers for near falls. It was especially close after Blade and Inofe hit a version of the heart attack on Brutus. Angel and Huberto watched closely from the stage, and the family followed the action backstage. Hank and Tang came out to stare down the Creed brothers, but they got blindsided by Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. So basically, the tag team scene is really starting to pick up. I think it's it's really hot. It may even be better than the main roster right now. I think you know in terms of of booking, right? Because what are we doing uh, on Raw and SmackDown right now in terms of uh, tag teams? There's not a lot going on these days. So the same right. Judgment Day, Sammy and KO thing that they've been doing since WrestleMania. So yeah, I mean, um, and some of the best tag teams have been split up recently. So that's true. That is true. So, um, but yeah, I've, this is obviously leading to some kind of uh, you know qualifier to be the number one contender at No Mercy. Uh, it didn't happen on the next episode, so I'm assuming that might be a big match for uh, the Go Home. Uh, I think it'll probably be the Lotharios. Uh, Hank and Tank, Lucian and Bronco, and then uh, the Creeds uh, going up against each other. So should be interesting see who emerges from that. But, yeah, definitely setting up something to that mm-hmm. effect. But the match wasn't bad. Um, obviously, just something to put the Creeds over and give them a, another good match and a good win. All right. And we move on to a Global Heritage Invitational match, Nathan Frazier versus Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa showed that he could match Nathan Frazier's speed, but he could not hit harder. Frazier then sealed the win with a superplex into a Falcon Arrow, and Frazier uh, wins by pinfall to earn two points in Group B. And then um, we get, after the match, Joe talked trash about Duke Hudson until Chase U MVP warned Gallus that he was ready to play the spoiler. Joe Gacy and Ava talked about their rotting tree, saying they were the only two strong roots left and need to build a new foundation. In an interview, Mustafa Ali refused to admit that Dominic gave him a fast count last week, even to the face of Dragon Lee. And we also get Gigi Dolan attacking Blair Davenport backstage until officials broke them up. So, yeah, we're moving on. I mean, nobody thought Tozawa was going to really win anything in this, uh, you know, little heritage invitational. And we have a bunch of uh, storyline stuff with uh, Chase U and Gallus. We get... Uh, more about the schism, which Paul is going to be adding new members to replace the two that just left. Mm-hmm. Continue on Mustafa Ali and starting this Gigi and Blair Davenport feud. So, any thoughts on those? Yeah, I mean, Joe Coffee kind of goes after Duke because uh, if Joe wins their match next week, he he wins the group. So uh, that would qualify him for the finals to maybe go on and face Noam. So. That, that that was cool. Um, obviously, Schism uh, seems to be trying to find replacements for the Dyad as they're, like we said, gone uh, from the company at this point. Um, and then Mustafa just playing into his <laughs> psychosis uh, with being obsessed with being the uh, North American champion. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll have that. I mean, he want he wants that match so bad. I uh, didn't want anybody stepping on his uh, his title shot. So, yeah. All right. We went to our main event for the night. We have the NXT Women's Championship. Tiffany Stratton defending against Becky Lynch. Tiffany brought her A game for the battle with Becky. However, the man ducked the prettiest moonsault ever, planted the center of the universe with the manhandle slam to win. This was an absolute war. 
I really enjoyed these this match. I thought uh, Tiffany looked great. Becky uh, was was great as always. Um, you know, she was. Uh, you know, it was funny. Tiffany playing the underdog here, even though she's got such an eagle ego. Sorry. But no, this and you know Becky gets the her the the missing title that she had out. Um, I know I just you know really really enjoyed this. I think Becky is going to do so much to help elevate the NXT Women's Division. I don't find it as like hey you know Becky's a main roster why is she going to NXT to take away these chairs? No, I I don't think that at all. I think Becky is going to do nothing but help out this division because this division was kind of depleted at during the draft. They lost a lot of girls and the high up. Plus we, we mentioned earlier the injury bug. So they kind of needed this, this little shot in the arm. But yeah, I thought this was great. This, this could have been a PLE match basically. That's how, yeah. that's how much I enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on it? No. Yeah. This, this got a ton of praise from people that I don't think watch NXT uh, on a weekly basis. I think a lot of people tuned in for this one. So, uh, it did its job of getting a main roster superstar out there and uh, putting her against one of the best from NXT. And they they blew it out of the water. I thought the match was great. Um, Becky didn't dominate or anything. So, you know, she didn't squash her and win the title or anything like that. She gave a ton to her. Um, and, and I thought Tiffany stepped up to the plate. You know, I, I think she was given a huge opportunity here and she, uh, knocked it out of the park for sure. So, um, and it's not disappointing to see Becky win the title. Like you said, she can do a lot for this roster, uh, put over a lot of girls, um, and have great matches with them. Um, and like you said, with the injury bug and the, and the loss in the draft, um, they need, they need some depth and they need some, or they needed somebody that could, you know, cause we were kind of talking about that four way, like, you know, Roxanne's really the only one that could probably step up to Tiffany. So, uh, hopefully Becky can have some good matches with these girls and kind of build them up. And hopefully those injured superstars will come back pretty quick and uh, they can, you know, kind of flesh out the roster a little bit better. Yeah. I think they're all kind of due back like in succession of each other. So yeah, I think by like the end of the year, we could, we could be seeing, you know, uh, a lot more depth uh, coming in here. So, you know, plus, you know, Cora, you know, you think about it, like look at look at you know who is out like Cora, like you mentioned Nikita Soul was on her way up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, she was in line from what I was hearing for a repackage again was Wendy. So yeah, yep. lots of like decent girls who would have been like you know and in, in that four way or in the in that conversation had they uh, not been out. All right, so on to our final show we're covering. Appreciate everybody for sticking uh, with us here tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's long, but we want to we want to get back on to get into back into our regular rhythm, which we promise we're going to try to do this as close to monthly as possible. So we only talk about four or five uh, shows per episode instead of the. I don't even I lost count. Uh, eleven. I we talked about the, it yeah, was eleven. Uh, <laughs> like that, that's one more than ten. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you know Spinal Tap because you're kind of young. Um, all right, so Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton agree to a No Mercy rematch. Becky opens the show by promising Tiffany a rematch. But then we get Kiana, uh, you know, Tiffany comes out and demanded at No Mercy. Kiana then attempt to attack the man from behind, but she fought up both heels with a steel chair. 
The man recited a personalized poem about our future challengers. The crowd was kind of funny. They didn't really know how to react to some of the unique rhymes. Yeah. Um, it was uh, kind of lame. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of kind of weird. Uh, but you know, it was it was a for effort. Uh, yeah, you know, true. she didn't mince words when she called Stratton a better fighter than a talker. Then we go over to uh, Dragunov promising he would be ready for his rematch with Carmelo Hayes. He then seated the mic to Lynch, who challenged Stratton and James to a handicap match. The family agreed to defend their titles against the Creed brothers, Lotharios, and the winner between Bronco Nima and Lucian Price and Hank and Tank. So the tag division is uh, the tag title picture is starting to uh, open up a little bit. But you know, what are your thoughts here with the opening with Becky? You know, coming off her huge win and. You know, Kiana and Tiffany kind of like having this uh, alliance here, so to speak, and then dragging off, you know, you know, getting on the mic, you know, here as well. Yeah, I'm glad that they kind of fleshed out the uh, tag team uh, situation, uh, kind of setting up that match for No Mercy um, and the match for next week to qualify for that last spot. Um, but I thought the Tiffany Lynch uh, interaction was really good. I thought Tiffany uh, hung with Becky on the mic um, as much as Becky said she wasn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really think uh, that was a good little interaction between them two. Obviously, we were going to get the rematch at No Mercy um, with the uh, rematch clause and all that. It's definitely interesting to see Stratton and Kiana kind of be a duo uh, or seem to be a duo at this point and kind of team up. Um and then Ilya cut a promo um, saying he's finally going to finish the job uh, and uh, do what he couldn't at Great American Bash now that Trick's not in, involved in the picture. All right. We move on to a Global Heritage Invitational match, Butch versus Tyler Bate. Uh, you know, we get Tyler going back to their days over at NXT UK. They're showing what made them special rivals. It was back and forth all the way to the final minute after the big strong boy kicked out of the bitter end. The Bruiserweight finished them off with the better end. The metaphor were watching from, uh, you know, their little lounge, I guess, with their Matrix-inspired uh, gear. Uh, Butch oh interrupted Noam Dar's <laughs> Neo impression. At the 10-minute mark, Butch reversed the Tyler Driver 98 into one of his own. Bate then also reversed the bitter end into a DDT, followed by his own bitter end. Butch got his knees up to count a spinning boy, followed by a bitter end for a shocking near fall. So, yeah, this was a really great match. Um, I'm glad they're not fighting these matches under Heritage Cup rules. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that would I think that would lose the crowd, I think, with this many uh, Heritage Cup matches. I, in, in, yeah. In, yeah, so, no, but this, I, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was really solid. You knew it was, with these two guys it was going to be good. Uh, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, these two guys have a ton of, t- ton of chemistry back to the first NXT UK tournament. Uh, this was the finals of that. So um, they have chemistry. They've been wrestling each other for a long time, even just within WWE. Cause that was 20, like 2016, 2017, something, somewhere in that range. Uh, I don't exactly remember when that, when that happened, but um, it was somewhere in that, in that area of time. Um, so they've been wrestling each other for a while, even just within WWE. So, um, yeah, just another really great match between them. It is kind of weird to me that they are doing this tournament for a Heritage Cup match, and then they didn't do Heritage Cup rules. But I do think, like you said, it would be kind of burnout if they did all these 
uh, Heritage Cup matches, and I don't think that some of these guys' style would particularly fit it. So, uh, probably a smart move, but uh, also kind of weird in 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 my mind a little bit at the same time. All right, and we get another Heritage Cup Invitational match: Joe Coffee versus Duke Hudson. Joe Coffey enjoyed beating down Duke Hudson too much in this one. However, it gave the MVP an opening, and he stole the win by ducking all the best of the bells and stacking up Gallus leader for a three count. Uh, so some notes. Joe escaped outside after Duke began to build back momentum. He caught the MVP on the apron and planted him with a missile dropkick. After the surprise result, uh, Nathan Frazier was hyped backstage for a triple threat tiebreaker. He sprinted off to prepare. And we also get Thea Hale shopping with JC Jane and found her perfect new look, which we'll see next week. So, uh, Joe, uh, so we, yeah, we ended up having no clear cut winner in this, uh, this group here. And what are your thoughts on, on this match and the resulting, uh, what, uh, what's going to transpire next? Yeah, I think this was short because we were going to get the, uh, the triple threat later in the mat or later in the night to uh, determine who was going to be the winner of the group. So uh, I think this one was short by design uh, and set up that match. So, I mean, it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad at all uh, necessarily. So um, we'll, we'll see these guys again. <laughs> all right. And we get Roxanne Perez versus Lola Vice. Lola Vice challenged Roxanne Perez more than, Anyone could have expected, but the prodigy caught the MMA star with a roll-up for three. Um, this goal, I, you know, looks like the goal of this match was to elevate Vice without taking away from Roxanne. This is the best she's looked since so far, highlighting her MMA background throughout. After the match, Perez offered to tag up with Becky Lynch, but her shoulder is too bruised for the man to let her. And we also get a pre-tape video, Eddie Thorpe challenging Dijak to a strap match. So, yeah, I thought... You know, this was fine for what it was. Uh, I don't think Lola was there is there yet to uh, to beat Roxanne because uh-huh. yeah. I think Roxanne is still hovering in the title picture and and, and still needs the credibility. And, and Lola could take the loss, I guess, right now. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, you could definitely see that they uh, they they are fond of her. Yeah, and, and it, that 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 was shown that it wasn't super dominant of a win. It was a roll up uh, that. Roxanne got on her, so they obviously see something in Lola, and they're gonna uh, obviously do something uh, fairly quickly, it seems, with her um, going forward, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, this was another pretty impressive spot by uh, Lola, and they obviously have something or see something in her and want to use her uh, more for sure. All right, and we get champion versus champion Carmelo Hayes versus Dirty Dom. Dirty Dom struggled to find an opening against Carmelo Hayes until the A champion accidentally threw him into. Ilya Dragunov on commentary. The Mad Dragon struck, laying out Dirty Dom to cause a disqualification. Afterwards, the NXT North American title holder threw Mello into a torpedo Moscow from Dragunov, then bailed. Dragon Lee bailed him out and stood tall with Dom's belt. Earlier in the night, Dom tried to convince Trick Williams they were alike and should work together. Dirty Dom attacked Mello before the bell, but the A-champion fought right back. The referee barely found time to start the match. Mysterio caught Mello with a 619. The A champion ducked his frog splash attempt, then both tumbled to the floor. And also backstage, Schism tried to recruit Trick Williams, but he wasn't interested. In an interview later, Mustafa Ali decried Dragon for getting a title shot before him. And on, on his way out, Mello warned Dragon off that way he would put him in his place. So I thought this, this match was fine. Um, you know, it was more uh, about telling the story 
and moving things forward with, uh, you know, both men's titles and their prospective challengers. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are your thoughts here? Yeah, that's definitely exactly what I was thinking. It just was more of a, of a story device to kind of push their matches forward. And, uh, Ali is mad because dragon Lee actually is going to get a North American title shot on raw next week. So before he gets the shot at no mercy. So, um, you think there's any chance dragon Lee beats him on raw and, I can't see how. Yeah. Without inter- unless there's some interference or something like that. Dragon Lee hasn't had the wins. Yeah. To me. I just wondered why they did why they were doing it like that. I, I just feel like it seems kind of weird and maybe uh Ali gets another match against a new champion and it's uh kind of screwy at the same time. But yeah, taking it off of Dom would be a bad move, but I just wanted to ask that question. Um the, the match wasn't bad. It was, but like I said, it was a story device to kind of push both challengers forward and get Ilya in the match and show him being dominant as he heads towards uh, No Mercy with uh, Carmelo. Yeah, I mean, also it's going to be on Raw, so you know that the Judgment Day is going to be there. I mean, sure. for I mean, is is Rhea legit hurt or is it storyline? Because it's with Nia, so you know, it's, it's believable <laughs> that she could be legit hurt. Yeah, no, I think it's storyline for now. Okay. But uh, if, if she is out for an extended period, maybe maybe it is real. But I, I think right. it's just uh, storyline. All right, so yeah, I think that also could lead to, uh, you know, Dom. You can't bet against Dom, really. It seems like because right now, because he's got all that behind him, yeah, right? Yeah. True. All I right, so then we get the Global Heritage Invitational three way. We got Nathan Frazier versus Duke Cousin versus Joe Coffey. Duke Cousin threw around more of his decorated opponents for a while, but he could not overcome their speed and power. Nathan Frazier hit him with a Phoenix Splash, but then Joe Coffey threw out Frazier and hit all the best of the bells to win Group B. We get, uh, you know, Andre Chase had given Hudson a big uh, pep talk just before the match. We get Nathan Frazier laying out both men running clothesline and a tope to the floor. Uh, Duke nearly stole the win again by sending Frazier to the floor and stacking up Joe, but Gallus later kicked out. Um... So, and then also we get a couple of backstage uh, things here or, or vignettes with scripts, Bronco Neva and Lucian Price winning money in street dice and a follow-up interview. Hank and Tank promised to beat them next week. Aaron Corbin gets into an argument with Josh Briggs backstage after Corbin made fun of him and, and Brooks Jensen losing last week. So, uh, you know, I was a little surprised Joe Coffey wins yep. this match. Uh, but we get him and, and Butch, right, in the... Uh, in the finals, mm-hmm. uh, to see who's going to take on uh, Noam Dar, and then we get uh, on you know we get the uh, the tag team stuff, and it's like all of a sudden Scripps is like street now, uh, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And then we get setting up looks like Corbin versus uh, Briggs is getting set up. So any thoughts on this before we get to our uh, our main event? Yeah, Corbin Briggs could be a good little hoss fest. Uh just to kind of give Corbin another win. Um, and I hate to say this, but I think Scripps kind of fits better in this little street savvy uh, kind of thing he's doing with these guys. So um, I think I think that's a better fit for him than what he has been doing. So uh, I'll give them that. And yeah, Joe, Joe winning was definitely a surprise to me. Honestly, Tyler winning was a surprise to me too because I figured it would be Tyler and Nathan because, you know, they both beat Noam. Or they both have been Heritage Cup champion uh, recently and had had beaten Noam previously, so I figured it would be those two, but it was the exact opposite. Um, 
but yeah, co- the, this was another good match that Coffee was involved in. So I'm, I may be coming around on him, uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely think it was more because Nathan just showed just absolute breakneck pace and uh, just a ton of exciting stuff. Um, but it, it was a very good three way for sure. Um, but yeah, just just uh, Butch and Butch and Coffee was definitely not the finals I saw coming out of this. No, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't have uh, predicted that. At least Joe Coffee part of it. Yeah. Which I could see. But the Joe Coffee part, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So we move on to our main event, which started off as a two-on-one match, but became actually a tag team match with, uh, you know, Tiffany Stratton and Keanu James versus Becky Lynch and Lyra Valkyria. Tiffany Stratton and Keanu James attacked Becky Lynch from behind before the bell, but Lyra made the save to set up a tag team match. The man then hits James with a manhandle slam, followed by... Valkyria's diving splash to win it. After the finish, Stratton struck Valkyria and Lynch with a steel chair. The man demanded their rematch at No Mercy be contested under extreme rules. Uh, backstage earlier in the night, they bonded. Uh, James and Stratton did, uh, making each one better. Lynch and Valkyria looked like an experienced team. They moved together smoothly, and the man played coach on the apron when she wasn't in. Uh, the center of the universe hit a senton bomb on Valkyria. And Lynch barely stopped the three count. So, uh, no, I enjoyed this match. I thought Lyra looked really good in this. Becky, crisp as always. And I, I kind of dig the uh, the Tiffany-Kiana alliance. Because their characters are, are, are a little bit similar. They're both bitches, basically. Uh, just little different kind of ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed this. And I'm telling you, I... The, they're probably telegraphing it. I think Lyra is going to be the one to take the belt off Becky at some point. Um, that's that's my thoughts. Uh, what are your thoughts on the conclusion of uh, of this show? Yeah, I thought the match was really great. Um, obviously, Tiffany standing tall after the match with with the belt was uh, a good idea. Um, I, I thought Lyra, like you said, brought her part of the tag match, and Keanu played her part as well. Um, but obviously this is about building towards that next match with, uh, Becky, Becky and Tiffany. Um, it's cool that they added a stipulation to it, gave it a little more flair. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good way to end the, end the, uh, show. Um, I think this is probably would have been a good angle to do the go home next week, but obviously they have other stuff that they need to build towards, uh, on that show. But yeah, good, good, good ending for sure. All right. And with that. Our marathon of catching up is concluded. <laughs> wow. That was a lot we talked about. A lot happened. Uh, we're going to forego our stock up and stock down since this is a kind of a, a, a longer episode than, than we usually do. But, yeah, we have a, a lot happened, and there's a lot to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to No Mercy coming up, and we will be covering that on our next episode as well as the next. We're going to really try – well, it's more on me because it's been uh, I am You're the good. I'm the one at fault here. Yes, I I will admit uh, my at, for the scheduling uh, gaffes. But you know, uh, yeah, no, it's great. I enjoy doing this, uh, and we're gonna keep. Uh, you know, I love the brand, and I I love that I have to. Uh, you know, kind of keeps me honest with paying uh, extra attention to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's like you know I I want to do this. I want to talk about this, and I want to be up on this because i really do nxt is is is, is kind of like uh, a brand that i've grown to love over the years so really uh, want to continue on with that but uh just before we go logan is there anything you want to direct people to any any new i know you have a new show that may have launched since our last episode 
on the no so uh, I know you got a couple of shows over there but anything you want to plug or send people to yeah I'll just plug a couple real quick uh, two or three actually I, I'll plug how about the impact zone here on the PlayStation Nation wrestling feed uh, we just uh, did our victory road episode and then the episode after uh, that as well I'm building towards our next pay-per-view um, talking docs is a pod that I do on the north south connection with Jenny Smith and uh, Roger Morissette uh, talking about documentaries, obviously. Um, we'll have another one of those coming up pretty soon as well. And then Linking Up Luchas is the new show you're talking about, uh, going through Lucha Underground's history. We have uh, we just recorded episode six of that, so uh, we're chugging along. Uh, we have four seasons to cover. Um, we're about a, a third of the way through season one, so uh, we'll see uh, what more that has in store because it's uh, been pretty exciting so far. All right, very cool. Um, as for me, um, we're, uh, you know, here on the pop experience, not here on all over on the pop experience. <laughs> I'm so used to doing the pop, uh, feed. <laughs> the pop feed. I'm so used to, to everything over there. Uh, just check out the video jukebox song of the day. That's every day at, uh, every weekday at 8 a.m. That's usually me, Steve, or Keith. Um, you know, I'm trying to get back to a, a somewhat regular, uh, schedule with Laugh in Theater, Blockbuster Rewatch, Pop Goes the Classics. Like, you know, sticking with the live watches, but going to sprinkle in uh, the Muppet Pod, uh, the Disney Pod, uh, Traders. We're trying to do that uh, as close to monthly as possible. That's the uh, Comics Pod. And uh, Cartoons of Our Youth will be back with a new episode, hopefully, uh, soon. All right. So thank you all once again for sticking with us. Thank you, Logan. It was, it's been a pleasure, as usual. And tune in next time to find out who's next. Take care.